Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation You got to the power of the pyramid. This is Mike Sempervivi from com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio uh, This is Kenny Omega, we're listening to One Nation Radio Check it out guys, these guys know what's up Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts to me Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm your host, Jake Boyd. With me, I have our other host, Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just been playing a lot of the show 20 MLB. Um, I created a closing pitcher uh, and did another road to the show. So now I have uh, a a shortstop and then I have a closer. So I pitched an entire season in a day yesterday. Did uh, you send this stuff? No, I, I pitched 56 appearances or whatever in in relief, uh, about 112 innings uh, there, and I ended up with like 48 saves or something like that because they weren't all save opportunities. Bro. And you, I'm into the played, next season now. You played how many simulated innings of, of video game baseball? Uh, so I pitched 112 innings, like – Combined, we got to find you something else to do. <laughs> anyway, yes. Uh, anyway, seeing that, like, we just saw what is probably going to be the worst show in WWE this year, and probably in a couple of years. Um, we decided to bring Jeremy on. You know, we didn't expect this to happen, but it did. And uh, you know, luckily, you know, we have some familiarity, so we can call this the fuck out of here draft two thousand nineteen and a half. What's going on, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> oh my god! I... Just do, do we, initial initial thoughts on this abomination of a show, this travesty in professional wrestling. I don't even know if you can call it professional wrestling. It 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 it's something that looks like professional wrestling, except like it's deformed. It's like what? What if we had like the worst version of like everything that is like the worst professional wrestling and put it all together and stir it in a pot and give it to people for like two and a half hours? Like that's what this show kind of was. 
crazy, man. Yeah, this this was this was awful. <laughs> we got a lot more besides that um, to get to, but first, you guys uh, should know that support for One Nation Radio and the Social Suplex Podcast Network is brought to you by <laughs> Manscaped, of course. <laughs> You know, uh, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming? Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over the technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. And don't forget, you get 20% off and free shipping with the code suplex at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code word suplex. Your balls will thank you. And we'll probably talk about Manscaped later in the show, too. I, I, I'm, you know, you're talking about the manscape thing, and I'm wondering, like, as far as genital grooming, right? Would being a, I, I don't know the, the exact term, is a person that works at a spa, you know, waxing and shaving pubes and assholes for two and a half hours, would that be a worse waste of, uh, what would that be? Uh, 150 minutes than watching this pay-per-view. I know you're going to say, I, I understand, yes, I would rather watch Fresh Wrestling than, than, than shave assholes, but it was, it's, it, it's, 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 the, the way I feel right now, I would take it under consideration. I mean, yeah, you, you are getting paid to shave the assholes. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Look, they're taking our money for this. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this. yes, 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 yes. $9.99 every single month for me to watch one of their shows. I watch their pay per views, and like occasionally I get suckered into watching an hour here or there of Raw or actually, not even SmackDown. I almost never watch SmackDown, but like I get I get suckered in Kyrie Sane, Asuka. Um, Sasha or Bailey having some match. Rey Mysterio is doing something. There's always some one. There's always just one fucking hook every single every other week that gets me to like tune in, and, and then, then I watch it like, for an hour or two, and I'm just like, this fucking. Then they don't give you a finish. Yeah, yeah. Kind of <laughs> and, then, and then I'll go to pay per view and I watch pay per view and I'm like, yo, how are the pay per views worse than the TV? Yeah, the reason why ratings are down right now. Bad. So I guess before before we get to extreme rules, like um, James, uh, I was on keeping strong style this week with Jeremy, and you know we we drew a lot of um, excitement. I would say with that episode, Um, and you know I'm willing to stand behind pretty much everything I said uh, on that show. I know there were some some interesting reactions from um, you know different shows across um, you know the the wrestling landscape and. It seems like we're on one side and, you know, some other folks is on the, on the other side. But, James, uh, how, how about it? Evil, IWGP, double, double champion, both belts, triple champion, three belts. Yeah, so we all started, or not we, me and Rich started watching New Japan for Wrestling uh, in 2015 uh, because of Wrestle Kingdom 9. And... I saw the Bushi and Nakamura match and the Okada and um, 
Tanahashi match, and I thought, like, these are two of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen in my life. They're wrestling at this different level. It's dangerous. It kind of scares me while watching this thing, but, like, the actual wrestling, aside from the some of the bits of hyper-violence, is, like, some of those crisps, crispest, um, best technical technical professional wrestling I've ever seen at pace and speed and it had like everything I wanted out of in the emotion it had like everything I wanted out of like some of the best of like the Daniel Bryan CM Punk stuff but it was either on a higher level or way higher level and ultimately like that kind of wrestling scared the shit out of me because it's like I don't know if I can watch this kind of wrestling and then like ultimately come back to what I'm watching that I actually enjoyed at the time with WWE because like the wrestlings that uh, I love the way I feel like I watch. I'll be desensitized to anything I fucking watch in WWE. Flash forward to five years from now, and I am mainlining uh, stardom in New Japan, <laughs> uh, like on an extensive basis. And I almost never watched the main roster. And a part of that is because of like I am so disenfranchised with, or so disillusioned by the bullshit that Vince Man puts on his television that I am now in order to have the quote unquote feel good of the dopamine rush of high quality wrestling. I dip into New Japan, I dip into AEW, I dip into NXT, I dip into Stardom, I dip into Seedling, and so forth, wherever else, uh, stuff that I see. So, the main part of that is the best wrestling promotion that I have watched in any stretch of time ever is New Japan Pro Wrestling from January 4th, 2015 until... (laughs) I guess it might still be going, I don't fucking know. Uh, So... In that is the Kenny Omegas, the Kazuchika Okadas, the Tetsuya Naitos, the uh, Tana, Hiroshi Tanahashi's, the Kota Ibushi's, the Shingo Takagi's, Moro uh, Suzuki's, all of that. All these great wrestlers that um, have charisma that is off the charts and have people losing their minds every you know every time they they're put the task to have a, a big match and. While watching these shows, there are these other guys, and there are the other guys that are either younger or not established, or they're missing one crucial piece. So, they, so as far as like getting that kind of connection with the fan base to um, from the domestic uh, crowd there, or even um, from people that are watching stateside or from the rest of the world, they're just on a level below that, or t- even two or three levels below that. But like, they're good wrestlers. Evil is one of those good wrestlers that's not even in the fucking same ballpark as the top of New Japan. Um, and he's shown it over and over again for five fucking years. Um, so, for this guy to become the IWGP Intercontinental Champion, I've, I find it to be fucking disgusting. I, um, I, find, it, I, I find it offensive. Uh, he's just not there. For a for me, the time I've watched it, like this is just it's nonsense. You mean it's the never it's champion, never ever right? been sorry. You mean the double champion? Yeah, double champion. <laughs> it, it makes yeah. it even worse. It makes no like yeah, the, you know, double champion. But like, I'm mostly talking about the IWGP champion because like for me as a fan, like these last five years is always like no matter how many times they've you know, done fuck shit with WWE to where, like, oh, let's squash Kofi in eight seconds. Oh, let's have the champion just let's have him just swap, uh, let's have him just swap belts on, um, brands like they're fucking, like, swapping rentals for the weekend. Like, it's just, 
that was the North Star. That was like, no matter what happens, I always know that one of the best wrestlers in the world will be holding that belt and he will be super charismatic. He will be a superstar. He will feel legendary. None of that shit applies to evil. He's a fucking guy. And yeah, what makes man. it work? What, what makes it work? Sorry, I'm. I, I, I'll give you time to, to elaborate. I, look, but y'all had an hour to do your thing. But let me get mine off. I have, I have held on to this shit for like a week. So the the thing about it for me is another part of it is for me is just like he's not no he's not gonna be no legend. We've seen him. We know what his work is. And in doing this, while I while I'm one of the people that do like the uh, the change, uh, I like the music. I like the fact that he's you know taking the hair down. I like the I like the fact that he has pants and some nice looking boots on, as opposed to that bullshit he was wearing on his feet before. Right? I like. I even like the battle skirt. I like the new look. But this whole entire run in this uh, tournament was the worst of evil that I've ever seen. Evil was always a guy that would go out there and have, he wouldn't have a blow away match. He would have a great match occasionally when he's in there that's with someone that's better than him. But usually he goes out there and he gives you three to three and a half star wrestling. And that's, that's fine because he's on the mid card. He is now beating his moreover ta- longtime tag team partner. He beat the best wrestler in the world. And then he beat the biggest star in the company, uh, the biggest domestic star in the company, all in one whop, all while doing this nonsense and having these matches that are just like, I don't want to watch this shit. And they know no one wants to watch shit. Like, obviously, that's the point. However, like, I don't watch New Japan to watch fuck shit. I understand the Bullets Club ex- existence for the last six, seven years or whatever else has been since Balor when they've been doing all this stuff or in different incarnations of doing all the run-in and fuck finishes and and heavy heat stuff or whatever else. But if you're going to actually make that guy uh, and try to actually make him a guy, I I just don't, I just don't buy it. And I don't think they really believe it either. Just, they're just doing this. And like, yes, there was talk that they were like, this is always going to be evil's year to some extent, but like, if it's going to be his year to some extent, like, don't he actually have to, like, you know, if he be at least as good as Jay White? And we spent the past, you know, two years talking about how Jay White's not good enough for, for this position. So, I guess that's that's my that's my piece. Like, I just think that, like, this is fucking dumb. Yeah, we, we destroyed this already on keeping it strong style and you know, one thing I will say, and I think this kind of goes across the board for all of wrestling, I think we have to get out of this mindset that different and surprising is good. Just because they surprise, when people get surprised, they're like, oh, well, it surprised us. We didn't see it coming. That automatically means that it's a great idea and it's the best thing ever. Like, I'm sorry. Like, just because it was a pr- surprise or different does not make, make it a good call or a good decision. So I think that's one thing that people need to think about and you know james you mentioned bullet club and how they have been cheating for the last seven years in their matches but if you go back and you watch the leaders in big championship matches where there are run-ins the matches are still good um we we recently watched balor versus tanahashi from dominion Mm -hmm. 2013 this 
was what they were trying to do. Same setup. Ballard just formed the Bullet Club. He's coming out of all of them with him. He's facing the top uh, star in the company. You know, he's a junior heavyweight facing a heavyweight. And there's a bunch of interference and distractions. But the match is so good. The actual wrestling is so good between Tanahashi and Balor mm-hmm. that it kind of washes away the interference and gets the right kind of heat. And we've seen it with AJ. We've seen it with Kenny and Jay White to an extent. And Evil's just not on the level of any of those previous Bullet Club leaders. And with the the Bullet Club crop that they have in Japan right now, they're just not what Bullet Club was. And so the whole package, it just it just doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, and to take off of your point about, like, the people that conflate new and different with automatically being good, which is, like, so dumb. But if you're talking about shaking up a status quo, like evil betraying Naito and becoming the leader of the Bullet Club or what temporary whatever it is when it comes to Jay uh, Jay White and Kento when they come back whatever I, whatever we'll f- they'll figure it out eventually but I was with that part like in for him to win the uh, the New Japan Cup I was down with that for by him doing it that way like I thought it was good storytelling of the the, the final with Okada. Gato comes out, Yujiro fucks him, uh, and then Evil takes advantage, and you just are to assume, oh, that's just Gato fucking with Okada because that's old country beef. And then it turns out, you know, too sweet the fist, and then hits you with, you know, everything is evil, there's your heel turn. I thought that was good. That part I'm perfectly fine with. But Naito getting his ass beat for, you know, 38 minutes, or probably like um, 30 minutes out of a 38-minute match. <laughs> like, it's just, it's it just like, no, man, like, I don't, I don't want to watch three-star wrestling for 40 minutes, almost. Like, that is the shits. Like, we clown the fuck out of uh, Walter in, or not Walter, but Joe Coffey at um, Blackpool at the Blackpool take or sorry uh, Blackpool two in January over that don't go forty minutes if you're only a three star ass wrestler. Well, what did they, what did New Japan just do? They went out right. there and Joe had Coffee three star evil, wrestling. Same guy, right? But and then they, but here's the thing, right? Walter's better than Naito at this point. Oh yeah. So I mean, like, like they were. Like, they were this, this, this is another you file file this match under the Naito is done folder. Like, <laughs> and you know, Josh made a good point. Like, it felt like you know, if the whole idea is this is his homeboy and he's trying to put him over, then like you got to do more. And then and it falls to your point that you said on, on keeping a strong style. He's not Tanahashi. He's not a go hard. He's not going to like live and have you living and dying with him. Like he is a dude that like whatever, whatever happened to him is not the same. And he got rejected. And this is kind of his thing now. Like for them to start out by just wrestling as after this dude just betray- his homeboy just portrayed him the day before. Like, don't you want some answers? Don't you want your pound of flesh? Oh, it's a regular match. Like 
I'm not saying this is uh this was Seth Rollins and uh Dean Ambrose starting starting the TLC 2018 <laughs> in the lockup, but it was just maybe a hair or two better than that, or notch or two better than that. It's just you know I, whatever. Um, yeah, worst IWGP title match I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah, and, and we all know like or not we all know, but like does anybody here think that he's gonna go into uh, the Tokyo Dome as champion? Hell no. I fucking hope not. Like. So, so it's like, okay, cool. It's going to be one of those, oh yeah, we did that. And you look back five years and I'm like, what? They, what? He was a champion? Okay, whatever. And I don't know. Like, I don't know. It, it, it was just dumb. Uh, but yeah, like that, that whole match, that match is so much better if it's, you know, it's 40, it's 40 minutes. If they just do that, cut the time in half, you got done the same exact match. It would have been a lot better. It would have, it would have served, a, it would have told a much better story. You didn't need all that. You, you, in 20 minutes is plenty enough time for a IWGP, you know, title defense. That's fine. Like, I don't know if they this feel whole, like they have whole, to go that long they, or, they, or clearly what. they like, do. Clearly yeah. they do. And it, it's crazy because like the, I think the, the 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 wait and see portion of people were like, you know, well, wait and see, you know, what other matches he can have. I'm like, he beat Okada and Naito, who headlined the Tokyo Dome this year. Like, those were the big matches. No, like, not even, <laughs> no, 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 not even that, Rich. Not even that, right? He, like I said before, he, he beat those two. Plus, he beat his fucking tag tag partner. Where else are they going to go with these stories now that you could actually draw interest in when he's a champion? And he's beat them already. Yeah. But obviously, you have to build a track. You know, if you want to get back to those matches, build a track of a path for them to get back to it. It's like, so wait, you're, you're, none of those stories are particularly interesting and it wouldn't draw on them in, you know, 40,000 people like they did to the first, uh, Tokyo Dome, uh, in January last year or this year. Hey, we we gonna we gonna see if it's if it's true what they say about Lij. There these such big draws, you know, in Japan. You know, we, we, we gonna see. I believe. <laughs> look, I believe that for two of them. I believe that Hiromu is uh, is a, is a you know for a junior is a great draw. I believe that Naito is a great draw. I have questions about Shingo, even though I think Shingo is an incredible wrestler, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, I have questions about Sonata. Even though y'all know I like Sonata more than both of y'all probably do. But, um, but like, nah, those guys aren't main adventures. Not yet. Like, those top two, maybe, but those other three, or four, if you guys were counting Bushi in this discussion, no. What did you think about Dick Togo show, showing up and, like, oh, oh, Bushi Dick Togo? In the yeah, words Dick of Bushi Jeremy. Go, you know? <laughs> um, I, I, I don't care. It's fine. Like I, I mean, right. the second, I, I, what I will say is the second that uh, he he came out there with the with the the, the, the Lij baseball jersey on and the, and the mask, I was like, that ain't no fucking Bushy. Bushy been gained twenty five pounds in like an hour. What like, the, the last time I saw somebody in a mask that was supposed to be somebody, and I was like, that clearly is not that person, was like, when Mickey James showed up as La Luchadora in that uh, cage match wow. between Becky Lynch and uh, Alexa Bliss in 2017. Like, that ain't no... Like, I'm, like... Oh, that's Mickey James. I was like, that ain't Like Same thing. Like, nah. So, I mean, I've only ever... I mean, I haven't seen Dick Togo wrestling in decades. Right? Yeah. So... I don't know. I heard some things about he still is pretty good. I don't know how good, but whatever. Like, 
new guy, fresh, you know, the, you know, giving their short on bodies right now with the travel issues or whatever else. Sure, why not? I don't have any problems with with the t- Dick Kogo stuff. I don't really have problems with the fact that it's like a very very weak, you know, domestic bullet club right now. My whole thing is like this fucking guy's the champion. He's not going to draw on top, and nobody's going to, you know, like tune in in large or draw in in large numbers to see him possibly you know get beat every single uh defense it's gonna be like oh that's on top mid yeah yeah well yeah yeah it's it's um you know if you guys want my full thoughts i i, I went into heavy detail and anger and everything on keeping a strong style run those downloads up for you boys so <laughs> Yeah, at this point now we just gotta wait and see and see you know which which camp is right. You know, right, right. Somebody you know, gonna be right. Yeah, right. It's gonna yeah. be us. Yeah, yeah right. That's the thing. Like all the like, don't you just hate it when you when you have these conversations with people? And it's only like the same people that have this like this optimistic approach. It's like, bro, I'm not trying to argue with you, but what I'm trying to tell you is like, I used to be you, and I got tired yeah. of putting my head against the fucking glass ceiling. I started. Like, I, I got tired of putting my fucking head. Like you don't have to do this every single time. You don't have to go up for them every single time. Any else you watch does some shit that's like questionable. Sometimes they just are on one. Yeah. Um. I I hope Gato is not losing it. (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. Um. Like I I mean I'll I'll say this: if he goes to Tokyo Dome uh, as a champion, then yeah, probably hit. Then I then I will start being where you are, where all sorry shit start opening the app or like on shows like be like, yo, is this the end? But like, nah, cause I I just I enjoyed the the two matches before that so much. It was like, okay, you know, this is a a bigger version of what happened with Jericho last at Last Dominion, but. Um, yeah, I still think, like, this is still the best wrestling, like, go out there and go, you know, put out your best cars, whatever, this is still the best wrestling promotion in the world, it's just like, they're going through some things right now, they're clearly going through some things, (laughs) changes, Uh, yeah, so, I mean, now that I got that out, I was actually planning on, um, you know, saving that for after some of the WWE talk or whatever else, but you know, I guess, you know, we've got to stack it, because, you know, like, I'm only going to be madder talking about the WWE than this, so you are picking... Can, can we get to punishing right, the right, WWE right, right. now? What I was going to say is, like, Rich, you made the right call, because you are picking the match. You are picking yeah. the show. So, so, yeah. WWE, the horror show at Extreme Rules. What the fuck does that even mean? Um, they showed us. What yeah, so how, do, how should we even go? Should we start match by match, or should be the like convey to you how shitty this was because of the layout and like the streak of heel wins or whatever else, or should we just go big picture down because uh you know they had a fucking swamp fight and it was uh, worse than what I anything I could have imagined. I guess just you know talk about the show overall and then we can okay. go through matches. Yeah, the match fucking or the show fucking sucked. Like even the rest, even when the wrestling was good, which most most of the wrestling tonight was good, it was just it was just you know a, a, a night. <laughs> it was a total night for the sports entertainment enthusiasts. Like all the fuck shit, all the nonsensical BS stuff that makes no sense. Stuff like 
they do something in one in parts of a match and then it doesn't pay off for what the actual story of the match is at the end for the finish. It, they were just out there doing shit for two and a half hours. Luckily, it was two and a half hours instead of three and a half hours. Yeah, that's one of the pros of uh, the pandemic era is that pay views have been shorter for WWE. Bad and short instead of long and in, in, in bad. Yeah, and you know, we you say hear that time. evil. So what? <laughs> so you hear that evil? Short and bad instead of long and bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, WWE we talk about it all the time. They have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to talent. And up and down this card, there was a lot of talented men and women who were all busting their asses and working really hard. But unfortunately, you know, they were given horrible finishes, horrible stipulations, horrible conditions to work in. <laughs> it can literally only do, only do so much of what they were given. Yeah, man. This was like the company going out of their way to inconvenience the wrestlers and the fans all in one whop by giving them the most mentally challenged like finishes that they could think of at like that Alexa Bliss and Sasha or excuse me, these uh Sasha Banks and Asuka finish is like one of the worst match finishes I've ever seen. Like literally inventing new ways to fuck your your uh fans out of finishes and um then you got the world title match being booked directly out of WCW 2000, like th- this is like Russo's back. Like this is so bad. Just up and down this show. Uh, then you start talking about the swamp fight. I don't even know what the hell that was. Uh, someone needs to stop telling Bray Wyatt he's a genius. I don't know who keeps telling him this, or you know, if, if it is on Twitter, Rich. People that's encouraging him, y'all need to fucking stop this because this man, you know who what he is like a man. Okay, I'm going to bring up R. Kelly, right? No, uh, go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm I know to, I know you've got to say. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to bring up R. Kelly. Now, James has this thing where he used to call, like, the music that he wrote, he's, like, a simple-minded genius. Yes. Right? <laughs> because he could make a song about anything and, and relate it to, like, women, love, whatever. Right? But, yeah. like, he can talk about a key to a car and and it just makes perfect sense. It's yes. like your, your mind explodes, right? But Bray Wyatt is, like, the simple-minded Faux genius, like, <laughs> like when because when you like shine the light on it, it holds up to no like standard of excellence. It it's just shit that's happening. Like, there's no reason for it to happen. It's like all trying to be callbacks, and it, it's trying to do a lot of things, but it's actually accomplishing nothing. Like, it's it, fake it, deep. Like, like we we this is the same story with Bray Wyatt as it's been for seven years. Nothing's happening. It doesn't matter. It's a Chinese movie. You're moving your mouth but not saying nothing. <laughs> oh God. Uh, you know, I, and I was telling Rich this off air before we started recording. You know, all, a lot of you know the Bray Wyatt clan. They like to talk about oh you know Bray's such a great wrestler, such a great wrestler. You need to give him a chance. It's like if Bray is such a great wrestler. That why does he always have to be involved in stuff like this? Where if Bray is such a great wrestling. wrestler, how can we never? If Bray, I'm sorry, Jeremy. If Bray is such a great wrestler, how can we never has even good matches? Exactly. Yeah. Not great. I'm not asking him to go out there and have four stars. Can, can he go out there and have a three star match? When's the last? How often does he have a three star match? Like what? Once every on average, like what? 
three times a year? Like eighteen months, like <laughs> <laughs> like yo, and, and then like I'm just thinking about like the rest of the show, and it's like the eye for an eye match, like the match like was going well for a lot of a lot of it actually. And then you get to the end, and it's just like I see everything that's coming and coming, and see what they're doing, and I'm like. Are they really passing this off as like the finish to a wrestling match? My God. Um, yeah. And then Apollo Crews and MVP just doesn't happen. There's no replacement match. Like, I don't understand how they get away with like putting this stuff out. Like, how? Like, this is good enough for, for like this man thinks this low of the audience that he is willing to serve them this shit. Because he thinks that you're going to tune in to Monday Night Raw to see if Sasha Banks is actually the champion. He thinks you're going to tune into SmackDown to see if Braun Strowman is still fucking drowned. No, I'm not. I will never watch Raw and SmackDown <laughs> again. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, okay, this, so this show was just like throw it in the bin. Light it on fire, sing doo wop around it. <laughs> God damn it. He's only using this shit for years now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Alright. Um first match. A good match. The New Day versus the uh the don't you have a name? Uh I was gonna say the bar, but that's not the bar. <laughs> uh Cesaro and Nakamura in in a tornado tag uh extreme rules match. I thought these dudes worked hard. I thought Kofi Kofi may be dead. Um I thought they worked really hard. I thought it was a fun match, honestly. Yeah, I came in about like halfway through this match and then like really only um focus in like when Kofi was about to take that super fucking power bomb uh for the finish and I was like, Wow, like Kofi, they don't they don't deserve you to do this, bro. Nope. Like you you ain't gotta gotta do this. Nope. 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 Yeah. And you know, the problem with table matches and I know it's been explained several oh, times. Match. Okay. With tables matches, you know, it's it's hard to especially obviously we don't have you know real you know fans in the arena, but still with table matches, it's hard to kind of build up to those crescendos and to get that reaction when you got the false finish, a close near fall, a close submission. Like you don't really get that when you have people like kind of teetering and tottering over the table. <laughs> like, oh, is it gonna go through? Ah! It's, like, it's just not the same. And I think tables matches the best way they work. In a tag team situation, is when you have elimination style tables. You know, yes. one of my favorite tables matches is from um, Survivor Series 02 when it was Jeff Hardy, Bubba Ray, and Spike. I think they were going against three minute warning, and it was like a six man elimination tables match. So, you know, mm-hmm. you, you slowly start eliminating each team member, then it gets down to one on one. Oh, they only have one member left. Like, how are they going to survive? And so you build up like the, the anticipation because people are getting eliminated throughout the match and going through multiple tables, and you build up to the final table spot. Right. If you have one table spot you're trying to build up to, and there's only so many different ways you can try to pretend not to get your opponent through the table. Right. Like, just pick the nigga up and throw him through the table. (laughs) 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 But, yeah, I agree. Uh, 
Nakamura, his gear was horrible. Yes. What the fuck <laughs> hey, was he wearing? Hey, I would I, I would say that even though it is far less problematic, uh, he needs to go back to the Rise of Sun gear. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, I think it's the it's still the Rise of Sun gear, but it's just a different color. It's blue now. No, nah, because I ain't seen no sun. Because you know he got the gear that makes it look like it's an yeah. actual sun. I didn't see. I, I maybe it was. But I didn't. I didn't peep that at all. Yeah, it was like the stripes were blue or whatever, and it was like, but you're wearing. Like red and black. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, nah, man. Um, it is just like, yo, look, Nakamura wouldn't have dressed like this a couple years ago. Nah, you know, man. a couple years ago they, they they didn't make him cover up his body. I don't know if you noticed about a few people like Nick yeah. Cross, Oscar Nakamura. That you will just have to you will, you know like they are hiding. Even though these people aren't don't necessarily have bad bodies. Like, so, you know, like, they don't look like supermodels necessarily, but, like, they don't have bad bodies. So, it's, it's, it's weird, Vince and yeah. his body shit. Yep. And yeah. that's 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> one last thing I want to say about this match. It, it's so unfortunate that Tazaro is becoming one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. <laughs> uh, you know, normally that would be a compliment to somebody, but the fact that Tazaro is probably one of the best singles wrestlers on the planet right now and should be a world champion right now. And he's had to be stuck with Tyson Kidd and Sheamus and Jack Swagger and now Nakamura. It's like, why do we have to keep sticking this guy in tag teams? Why can't he be a singles guy? Because he doesn't speak English well, like because Vince Tiffany's boring. Like he's one of those guys. I hope his contract is running up soon and we can see what he can do on the outside. Boy, I'd love to see Kenny versus Cesaro. Man, that'd be amazing. Oh my god! Oh well, yeah, it would. You know, like think about it. Like, forget that part. Like, if we get the NXT crowd back, and he goes back. To, if you were ever go back to NXT, he'd kill it again there too. It's just, it, it, you know, whatever. We, he's been, he's been so underutilized as. Um, a person you can make a some type of gatekeeper for a belt or some type of level in a in a um, in a division that like it's been passed for. Like all you have to do is make all you have to do is make that dude just a middle mid card guy. You don't have to make an upper mid card guy, just a middle mid card guy, singles guy, and have him in TV feuds with whoever that you need to you know do something cool with from time to time. You know that that's away from the belt or whatever else. They, you know, in a heel or in a face situation, he can work both. We've seen that for years. Never figured it out. Sad shit. Um, <laughs> an eye for an eye, or no? Bailey versus Nikki Cross. Bailey man. versus Nikki Cross. One of y'all go, or I'm gonna go. Uh, I, I can go. So, first of all, the build of this match was horrible. The whole story going in this match was that Bailey had beaten Nikki Cross on TV two weeks in a row in tag matches and Nikki Cross's confidence was shattered. She couldn't, she didn't know if she could believe she could beat um, Bailey. And then before this match, we saw Alexa and Asuka and Kyrie Sane giving her a pep talk and pumping her up and, you know, helping her build her confidence up. Then um, she goes in this match all fired up and both ladies worked really hard, but it just kind of fell flat coming into the finish where, you know, you would think the the story here would be like, all right, Nikki's got her confidence back. And so now she's going to overcome and beat the evil Bailey and Sasha. 
but it's no. We we have to get more heat in this promotion, so we're gonna have you know Bailey and Sasha cheat once again to win and beat the baby face, beat Nikki for the third time now. It's like why is she even challenging? She already lost twice. Now she's coming in and losing a third time. Why is she even? Why is she even the number one contender now? Why is she even challenging coming into this match? What is it with these Sasha and Bailey matches lately on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT where they have weird fucking finishes? All of them. Um, there's always some type of throwing the belt in the ring. There's someone jumping on the apron, distracting the ref. Uh, now people spitting mist in people's face, using the boss um, rings as like essentially brass knuckles, like. I'm tired of watching them. Um, let's see. Or hearing about the things that they're in. Like, because it always, like, there's always, like, some type of bullshit to get out of it or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's the funniest shit ever that, like, they used to beat them like a fucking Cherokee drum, uh, for what? The better part of the last five years. Both of them. Gave no qualms, gave no fucks. And then, like, oh, Ronda Rousey is only one year thing. Oh, Becky's pregnant. Oh, Charlotte, like, every other year has to go away for uh, uh, surgery. Um, these are actually your top guys, that you, and you've ruined it for the last, you know, five fucking years trying to push this other nonsense, whether it was Alexa Bliss or it was Iconics or <clears throat> or Lacey Evans. So, and then you, and then they like, oh yeah, like, they've been around for five years. They actually are stars and like, I don't want to push Shayna Baszler because like, in this man's eyes, like, I don't want to push Shayna Baszler because this man don't want to fuck Shayna Baszler. Um, and like, doesn't want to push Bianca Belair because you know why he doesn't want to push Bianca Belair. Um, so, this is where we are now. You know, Naomi came back. Didn't want to push Naomi. Had all that buzz. Didn't want to push buzz her. buzz again this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kiki Palmer wants to wants to play her in a quote-unquote biopic, which is like, they're never going to... That's never going to happen. Because Vince, Vince never let her become a star to even get a biopic. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, <sighs> they treated him like shit for so long until now, like, oh, these are actually the pinnacle, like, these people that have always been dependable for me, for me to go out there and beat them, and, like, cut them off at every single, at the pass, at every single uh, important moment of the careers, oh, now they're actually people that I have to depend on to anywhere to, you know, put out TV. Because, you know, that's where I am now, so it's like... This is this is their own making. So, in order to keep you know do this, they decided like let's make them a heel this heel duo, and they just sheet and sheet and sheet, and all their matches are filled with bullshit at the end. And regardless of how good the match actually is, until the bell rings, and that's where we are. But the thing is, as far as the Bailey match, her confidence is shaken. Nikki 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 Cross's confidence is shaken. She's trying to get to a point where she actually starts believing she can win. She gets there. Actually, I guess she got there. And then immediately, like, bra- you know, essentially brass knuckles and he gets hit with, with uh, Bailey's finishing pin. Fuck off. 
Yeah. Like, <clears throat> they got Bailey like holding this belt like she's Hollywood Hogan. Like she's had this belt since the first SmackDown of 2019 on on uh, Fox. So that's like that's October fourth, 2019. Like, I, I understand. There's like really no one else for them to really give it to, but like. Why? That's their own doing, like, though. Like, oh, that's just their like, own doing. Why? Like, like, oh, I, I, so, I don't. In, in order for that, they would have to build a baby face, and you know they ain't good doing that. Yeah, it's amazing. Bailey could easily hold the belt for this long as a heel, but not a baby face. Can't be having that shit. Yeah, gotta gotta you know kill her career in her own hometown because she's afraid to, of violence in fucking professional wrestling. Uh, all right, I'm I'm. Unless y'all got something. An eye for an eye match. Jesus fucking Christ. Alright. Um, the wrestling in this was good. Uh, the problem was that they kept having to come back to the stip, which is somebody has to dislodge the other's eyeball out of the eye socket, which is fucking ridiculous and fake, and they couldn't even find a way to make it look halfway believable. Um... Uh, I don't. I will give the wrestling a thumbs up, but like just the whole, just the worst like high school theater uh, prop production you could imagine. Like this is this this isn't like a billion dollar company at all by any means. Yeah, this is just awful. This is a horrible way for a legend like Rey Mysterio to go out. Like you mentioned, James, wrestling this match was very good. Like, why couldn't these two guys just go out there and have a pro wrestling match? And, you know, if you want to make an Extreme Rules match or hardcore whatever, since it's a grudge match and on on the Extreme Rules, whatever you find, uh, it could have been a great match. But we had to involve a stupid stipulation of eye for an eye. And like you mentioned, this is horrible, fake-looking prosthetic eye in Rey Mysterio's hand. Just atrocious. You're also then, forgetting the fake vomit. Oh yeah, they have it's like they like Seth Rollins stands all the way on the other side, so the camera can cut to him, and then Rey Mysterio gets handed the eyeball. The camera swings back to Rey Mysterio. He has a fake eye, right. puts it on. Then the camera swings back to and Seth Rollins. And he's like throwing up apparently. Yeah. And then the camera swings back to Rey Mysterio, and then like his son is running out, and it's like, wow, these obvious camera cuts. Yeah, like we know exactly what's happening here. Yep. Did you try? No. Well, they didn't try hard. Yeah, and it's like, I, but it, it's 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 amazing that um, we're even expressing disappointment of how it didn't look, how like it looked. It looks so horrible, and it's like this shit's ridiculous to begin with, right? Like, <laughs> like we shouldn't be worried about no fucking eye for an eye match. And like, fuck off. Another part about it is, how did this whole thing come about, Rich? Jeremy. Um, so heal Seth Rollins injured Rey Mysterio's eye by doing what? By jamming it into the steel steps, the same way that he did in this match. So how come the eye didn't pop out the first goddamn time? I guess he used more force this time. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> well, you see, he, he was working over the eye the whole match. So loosened up the eye. The eye was in the red. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
trying to keep it fucking together right now. I think you say that. That was such a terrible choice. That's the worst thing you've ever done to me, Jeremy. How can he work over the eye? Get the fuck out of here. Oh, just, just awful, man. Just awful. Um, I don't know what this means for for Ray or whatever he does. If this is a send off, it's like what a terrible send off. And it's so dumb because, like, you know, whether it's one, two, three, four, five, ten, fifteen years from now, they're never going to make another Latin, uh, Latin superstar. So, what are they going to have to do? Dial up Raymond Mysterio Jr. again and pay that man, uh, man of it money to come back out there and sell masks and, and merch. You know what's going to happen. Well, I hope Tony Khan got his number, yeah. So we can we can we can see uh, Ray get treated with some dignity out here. Yeah, I, yeah. I want that man to walk out on dynamite tomorrow in, or Wednesday. Come home, but come out in two weeks. Walk out there and just look in the camera with both eyes and just smile. <laughs> yes, I'm back. You know, both eyes looking good. Oh my gosh! Yeah. All right. What's the next fucking match? Well, yeah. I forgot one thing. I forgot one thing. Before we got to that match, there was the the bullshit with uh, MVP and uh, Lashley, where they you know where MVP won his you know scheduled match with Apollo Cruz via forfeit because Apollo wasn't there because he has a kayfabe neck necker shoulder injury because Lashley hurt him a few weeks back. Um, we, that may be a COVID case. We do not know, but wasn't there. So he won by forfeit. So that at that point in time, like from, from what we just mentioned with Cesaro Nakamura from Bailey, uh, beating Nikki Cross, uh, MVP winning by forfeit, Seth Rollins dislodging, uh, one of the greatest baby faces of all times. I out of, out of the fucking socket. That is five and oh, uh, for the heels on this show. I'm sorry, uh, 4-0. Then we get to Sasha Banks versus, <laughs> Sasha Banks versus, uh, Oscar for the Rollins title. This match was, was great. It, it was a great, I, I had, I had the four or four and a quarter in mind, and then the finish happened, and I was like, never mind that. I'm not even gonna put this on my recommended matches list. This is bullshit. I, I fucking hate Vince McMahon's nonsense. Um, yeah, I, y'all, y'all say what you say, what y'all want to say. I exploded on this match, like, in, in the group chat, just repeatedly typing in bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And I'm like, so why can't we do a finish here? Right. Like, y'all ain't never had no problem with beating Sasha Banks before. Right. Asuka, once again, not getting any real wins as a champion. Uh, if you look at the Nia Jax match she had, Matches with Charlotte, um, you know, to her versus Bailey. Like, this is a real, like, Kevin Nashian, like, title reign, like, where they make you the champion, but I'm going to a fucking draw, like, <laughs> or I'm going to a fucking tie, like, or, or there's bullshit happening as soon as I win the belt. Like, I don't know, like, quietly, that's stacking up. I don't think anyone's going to notice yet, but. I think she's gonna hold this, hold on to this fucker until Charlotte's ready to come back, and then she's gonna hand that show off to her. And I don't think Vince actually cares about 
Asuka. But the thing like, is, he doesn't really care about Sasha either, so it's like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. It makes no yeah. sense. Yeah. Like, they already had to, like, you know, use their tag team titles to, like, make them cross brands to do the damn match. So it's already in the what-the-fuck zone. Like, yep. th- th- this was awesome, like, leading up to it. Like, um, and then, like, we're talking about an all-time bad, horrible uh, finish here to where Asuka missed the ref. Uh, Bailey gets in the ring, robs the referee of the shirt, counts a fall, even though you're not a referee. Rolls and it's out a of regular the ring. fucking match. Yeah. Like, it's not like it's some no-rules match. It wasn't a two-referee match. It wasn't wasn't anything like this. Like, you're not a referee. Like, what the fuck? Like, like when they pitched this finish and told them what they were going to do, they were like, I just work here. I, that's what I imagined that, that Oscar and, and Sasha Banks were like. I'm like, like they're, it's amazing they even wrestled as hard as they did. Because if yeah. it was me, I'd have mailed that shit in like Tetsuya Naito. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, like, there's always this talk, or there's not always, there's this talk about, like, there is a Sasha Banks boo-boo face when she loses. And it's like, I'm un- I'm totally unaware of this thing because, like, typically, most, almost overwhelmingly most of her matches that are fucking great are matches where she does what at the end of them, Rich? Lose. Lose. So, what the f- so what the fuck are y'all talking about? Anyway, so, uh, like, it, I, I don't know. It's nonsense. It's just a cheap hook to get you to try to watch on Raw, and no one's going to fucking watch. People are going to watch the show. Maybe, you know what? Maybe the show was so bad that people tune these out of morbid curiosity, but it's like, okay, so they watch for, like, 15 minutes and then turn the shit off. Yeah, that... That ending just didn't make any sense whatsoever. And with all this confusion and clearly Bailey not being an official, so in a special guest referee match, you would think that somebody, some type of authority or, you know, backstage personnel would come out and be like, all right, well, this match is either a no contest or there's a disqualification, like Sasha's not the champion, like some kind of call. But I guess, you know, they want to use that, like you mentioned, James, a cheap hook to, oh, Watch Raw tomorrow night and see if, you know, Sasha's actually the Raw Women's Champion or not. And it's like, why would no. she? Why would she be the champion? Bailey is, was not a referee. She was not an enforcer. Right. Um, she's not an authority figure. Like, there's literally no law. If they come out here tomorrow night and say that Sasha Banks is the Raw Women's Champion, that would be some bullshit. Because there is no logical sense how Sasha could be the women's champion right now. Right. Yeah. When you have a her tag partner make the fall who was not legal in the match, not authority figure, not a special guest referee, not the authority figure, nothing. So Yeah. After the referee got misted, so like doesn't it just end in the DQ and the referee rewatches the tape? Oh, the fucking uh Well, you know, they're they arbitrary mis- about that, you know. Yeah, I, I got a misfit in my face. So, like, I mean, he should be able to know that without a tape. So, <laughs> what the right. fuck? Like, he called DQ. But, uh, and, and where were the other referees? Like, no other ref could have come out and been like, nah, like, give us the belt back. Like, it's, we're, we're throwing this out. Like, I, I sure seen them all run out there during the eye for eye match. So, I, I don't know. Maybe they all left, you know, to go attend the raid. There was only mm. one referee in the entire building left. But 
Yeah, you, you talk about we, us finally getting an Oscar versus Sasha Banks match on pay per view, and here it fucking was. And we got it, and it was great until they decided we don't want none of that. We take everything back. Yeah, whatever. Um, WWE title match: Drew McIntyre versus uh, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler has won a match to have the stipulation be whatever he wants to for the horror show at Extreme Rules. So he gets to the ring, he gets on the mic, and he says to Drew McIntyre, "I want an Extreme Rules match." Uh, Drew was like, "Fine," and then. Ziggler says, no, what I want is a one-way Extreme Rules match where I can wrestle this match on Extreme Rules, but Drew McIntyre, you cannot. And I also want your championship uh, advantage taken away, so if you get counted out or DQ'd or disqualified in any way, I become champion. Then Drew McIntyre proceeds to beat him from pillar to post. Uh, Ziggler tries and tries and tries to make anyone believe for a fucking second that he could become champion. No one buys it. Uh, eventually, he sets up for a sweet chin music. Drew McIntyre hits one of Claymore pins him. They tried it really problem, hard. Man. They really did. But no one like, no, no one can buy it. Like, I don't know, man. It's like, when you start putting your world title in these type of stipulations directly out of WCW 2000 to where, like, one competitor has, like, a whole different set of rules than the other guy. Like, how can... I can't care about your title. Like, I don't... Like, this this, this Landstorm, uh, you know, Canadian rules-ass match, like, this is literally Vince Russo. I, I just I'm, had a, I just had a thought. Did Dolph Ziggler just just did Dolph Ziggler just have white privilege and lose the game of life? This man had the inside track on everything and still just fucking lost a career fucking loser. Welcome that yeah. man to the Mount Olympus of geekdom. Yeah, like, Dolph was already a geek going into this match, but yeah, he is cemented in the Hall of Fame, the Mount Rushmore. Of geeks, you I mean, literally had, just, just, yeah. just, just roommates in, in that building. He yes, said he's, he's, he's roommates with who? Hiroki Goto. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> this man literally had every advantage possible. <laughs> literally weapons. <laughs> he had weapons too. And he could not no, beat this man. No, when you said he had every advantage possible, I was drinking water. I was like, just like white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> this, this straight white male went out there and had a handicap, basically a handicap match and fucking lost. Hey, bro, I never want to go away. Go away. I, I don't want to see you show up nowhere to wrestle nowhere else. Go away forever. No AEW, no New Japan, no Impact, no uh, MLW, none of that. Go away. First table. Do, do comedy full time from here on out. Do TV, do all that stuff. You will have a much better time trying to give this a man to, to give a fuck about you. He's, you've been there since like what, 2000, since Five. before 2010. It's never going to happen. You keep like, trying, they keep pulling you out there to get beat. It's over, bro. I know the bro. checks is nice. If it's just for the check, then I I, I will draw everything bro. I said. Keep getting, keep cashing them checks. But if you out here still trying to think that you got it's gonna work out for you, it's never gonna happen. 
Bro, the Dolph Ziggler defense is like uh, that's a WWE title trope at this point. Yes, like, you gotta, defense, have, we do not believe in you. We will send you out. We will send out somebody that no one gives a fuck about you beating. Yep, it will like, not be the main event. Like Dean Ambrose, Kofi Kingston, and now Drew McIntyre. Yep. Like I feel like the second fans come back. Vince and like, all right, let's let's send it in. Uh, we're, we're let's get Randy or Brock or something, something like Better it. Yeah, right. That feud he had with Seth in 2018. Yeah, they didn't number oh, cool God. him down until until the Dean Ambrose thing let that man froze on ice. Like, yes. yeah, that was for the IC belt where that's where that's also yes. a trope now. Where it's like, yo, we don't even see this dude being an Intercontinental Champ. Yeah, motherfucker has been in like the IC Champ like forty thousand times. It's over. Amazing, amazing. Like the only time it worked was was with the Miz, ironically. Like that, and that was like that feels like a whole generation ago, like 2016. Like my God, that's back when SmackDown was good every single week. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Oh my God! All right, fuck. I wish Drew could get a real chance, though. I, I wish he could because, He's like, I, so hard. I, I like really Drew is. McIntyre. I, I I believe in him. I, I I think he's you know everything you 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 want a champion to be. I just hope Vince don't like pull the plug on him and never fought with him again. Like, because wasn't none of this shit his fault, bro. Like the pandemic, like right. none of this shit, like right. Like he comes out. It, it, like it's funny because like you remember um. <laughs> What Arn Anderson said about uh, Zach Ryder, um, as far as him never getting a shot, about like he shows up, he looks great, he's in shape, he does everything with a smile, all this stuff, he tries hard, blah 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 blah. Like Drew McIntyre tracks up all these boxes. He's big, he's tall, he's Vince. He looks like Vince's type. If you do a side by side of him next to Seth Rollins, next to Roman Reigns, next to Elias, next to uh, uh, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, he clearly fits that 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 phylum that phylum of bearded, dark haired uh, uh, white dudes or whatever you want to whatever whatever. So and muscle bound and all that and. He comes out, he cuts good promos, he has good matches, he tries hard, he never loafs. And this happens to him, and like, his t- his, his pay-per-view matches are good, like, he had the best pay-per-view match, or one of the best pay-per-view matches I've ever seen last year, but I think last year has a good three of them, uh, since he came back, right? He had one of them with him. Uh, and then, I, honestly, like, I don't know what a rating would be for this match, but like, technically, this is a good, this is a really good match. This is a match that like, I can never get into, because like, I Once I heard them announce that stipulation, I was like, I, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, it, it's just bad booking. Like, I, I don't even know about the about bad booking as much as it's like, I understand why you stack the deck against him. And I understand, like, the point of it is you're supposed to get behind him and curse sympathy for all the stuff that getting is getting done to him. However... Is Dolph Ziggler that dog ain't gonna hunt? Pick somebody else and do that with. Pick somebody that's actually a threat. That dude ain't no threat. That 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 dude is Jason Wynn out there. Like no, he is going to run up the field eight yards and turn around. No. The problem is that they don't have any threats. Is a problem. <laughs> Bad booking. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, like, even, even if it's like, alright, well, I, we're bad at booking, we can't find a threat, at least find, or, or he's not a threat, at least find somebody else to give him a shot, like, this couldn't have been, like, Andrade, this couldn't have been Garza, this couldn't have been Aleister Black, who they've been talking about is on a push for, like, the last whole fucking year. Yeah, never gets yeah, yeah, never gets a title shot or none of that, even though he's been protected. Like, how long are you gonna protect this dude for? Rip <laughs> like, the fucking like, band aid. Give me one good reason that he shouldn't just like give Drew the black mask tomorrow in turn and be his next challenger. For like, wouldn't that be exciting? Yeah. Well, no, because that's gonna be, be fresh what, and exciting, right? But they're not gonna do that because they're gonna go with Randy Orton versus McIntyre for SummerSlam, and you know it. Yep. Yep. And I'm gonna go to sleep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just yeah. Um, got any thoughts on this, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much nailed it. Yeah, in ring work was solid. Stipulation was dumb. They stacked against against Drew. Like you said, I understand why, but yeah, it's all Ziggler. Like that, that chip has failed a long time ago. Long, and long, long time ago. All their bad booking, they weren't able to build up any other credible challengers. Obviously, they've been building up Randy Orton, of all people. Like you mentioned, that's probably our big SummerSlam main event. Be there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. right, so, let's, so Dolph Ziggler, I think, signed in WWE developmental in like 2004, 2005. Let's think about some of the, Okay, 2005. Let's think about some of the things that were going on in 2005. I was in high school. I was a senior. I was a Peyton, sophomore. Nice Peyton Manning had not yet won a Super Bowl. Well, never mind. I'm not gonna make no jokes about Peyton Manning. Uh, I'll leave you alone. Um, yeah. Uh, let's I, see. I, I don't think it was Facebook yet. Yeah, real early stages. Yeah, yeah, real early stages. Yeah, yeah. like. Like Facebook was around, but like for college students only, like yeah. shit, like probably <laughs> like this, right? I didn't, I didn't get a, uh, I didn't get onto MySpace until like my senior year of high school, right? Like, like 2015. When I talk about 2015, is like that is like the you know you go into school in the fall, like that is my junior year, senior year is 2005. Like mm-hmm. that is that fucking long ago. Like that's my junior year. Yeah, like think about it like this. That was so long ago that like Kanye West was considered a <laughs> was considered a. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna get into Kanye because he's going through a lot of things. He's losing his fucking mind. He needs to go seek professional help, and when he goes seeks it, he needs to like take it to heart and and, and use it. Um, but yeah, like. <sighs> Let's see. Uh, Thug Motivation One One came out yep. that year. Yeah. Uh, the doctor was that in two thousand four. Two thousand five. Two thousand five. Yep. 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 Yeah, man. That's that's Hold a long fucking time ago. All right. Let's see things that happened in two thousand five. Uh, <laughs> Katrina hadn't even happened. Right. <laughs> um. Let's see. Um. It's so long ago, man. Like we don't, we don't have to go over all that. But like, basically, like he signed in two thousand five, and it's like that. That's that's way too. I mean, he's he just feels super duper stale, and he's felt stale for like five years. Destiny Shaw announced her official breakup. Oh my god! Wow. 
<laughs> Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey file for divorce. Wow. The Colbert Report premiered on Comedy Central. <laughs> he's, he's on CBS now. Jesus. Yeah, man. Like, it's it's really, really bad. Um, hell, I'm trying to think. Uh, sports-wise, sports-wise, what can we come up with that? Oh, God. Um, the NBA Finals went to seven boring games. Or, not boring, but there was one great game. Um <sighs> <laughs> the Spurs and the fucking Pistons go seven. Um, 2005, uh, the White Sox win the World... Oh, no, not the White Sox. The Cardinals won the World Series that year. All right, all right. We get it, we get it, we get it. All right, it's bad radio. Let's, let's, all right, let's, let's, get to, let's get to the main event. Was, was, it for, was it for the title? No. Oh, Okay. Imagine he comes out hey. in the swamp with the mask on and he holds up the fucking belt. Like, who gives a fuck about it at this point? All right, uh, hey, yeah, T- Terry Shivo. Oh man! Wow. wow. Two thousand five. Wow. Wow. Okay, so that's depressing. All right, so anyway, yeah, um. Just more cinematic. I don't know. Was this was <laughs> yeah, this the worst? Was this worse than the uh, Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders uh, um, cinematic wrestling? Was this worse? Yes. Or, was this, or was this better? I don't this know. Uh, I would say it's almost on the same level. So they're like, both. So they, oh, so they yeah. both can like. So they can both basically like share the MVP trophy for having the worst or the least valuable uh, cinematic wrestling uh, segment, like. It's just awful. Like, well, actually, you know what? This actually might be worse because the Street Profit segment wasn't supposed to be a match. Like, they were just like fighting each other. Like, it that just was, happened out of nowhere. Like, it was an announced match. Like, it just happened. And then this. So you saying it's a backstage skit? I think it's yeah. Well, yeah. in the context is they were supposed to go out for the match, and then like they caught caught up in. Tazawa's ninjas and nonsense. Yeah. So yeah, I guess yeah, in a way, like yes, that wasn't a match, but we know that was supposed to be a match. Right. But whatever. Okay, it's fine. Ad- advertised top feud on SmackDown, the Universal Champion in there with the former Universal Champion in the main event pay per view. So yeah, I think this is worse. Like I don't like I said earlier, I don't know who keeps telling Bray Wyatt he's a genius, but he's not. Braun Strowman has the range of a board. Um. Then, like, you got Alexa Bliss popping up in the middle of that, and all the incels. I just imagine it went nuts. Uh, seeing seeing this uh, uh Alexa Bliss thing here, but I'm sorry. I I I said like I miss professional wrestling. Like when I watched this match or whatever the fuck this was, this was just like they've gone to the well so many times with this. They did one good one of these and totally forgot why that one was good. They didn't take the lessons that uh, that came from the stadium stampede at all. They forgot that, like, when these things work, they're, like, triumphant. They're not supposed to be, like, dead serious. Like, this thing, like, all these things that he was trying to tie in, it was like he was fighting himself. It was like... I saw, like when I saw him fighting himself, I was like, "What planet are we on?" And, and the sad thing about it is, like, this is not 
um, the first Bray Wyatt cinematic match. He had a fucking stinker with uh, Randy Orton in 2017 at Extreme Rules. Wasn't that Extreme Rules? That was um, WrestleMania, wasn't it? We're talking no, about no, one the one after uh, <laughs> when they were fighting inside of that abandoned house. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah! Bray Wyatt put plenty of bullshit out here for us to consume over the last uh, seven years. Did a fridge, a fridge like fall on him or something? He dropped, like that? Yes, Bray Wyatt dropped a empty refrigerator on top of Randy Orton and it was supposed to like, or, or actually, no, I think the other way around. And, and he teleported out of there. He, he teleported out. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah, whatever. Uh, it's just uh, Bray Wyatt is just the worst. Like he, like the the part that makes him the worst is like. He's so clearly talented in one aspect of, of wrestling. Like he's clearly has, he's clearly full of ideas, and he's clearly a great talker. So it's like he's gonna keep getting chances because he's a great talker and he has some ideas, and some of them do work. But the thing is, he's the dude that's dangerous because he has so he's he he's so respectable in one aspect that like you keep getting a chance in these other aspects like wrestling or presenting wrestling like content aside from when he's talking and it fucking sucks but you keep getting suckered into the fact that he's a good talker look if they haven't like realized the wool is being pulled over their eyes with this talking like they will never understand it but, and, I, like, don't, but I don't his thing Rich I don't think that He's necessarily getting over and slapping these dudes' heads because he is playing because Vince wants shit that's not wrestling. So by him doing this shit and being good in these one aspect, he keeps praying or not praying, but like Vince keeps falling susceptible to the susceptible to the He's fucking yeah. right. Like he keeps like oh like you know like if they were in different fans away from each other, they wouldn't be out putting out this kind of nonsense on a consistent basis. But the fact that those two are together and they're toxic for each other, as far as a television product, it keeps happening. Yeah, get, get this shit off my screen. Um, I don't ever need to know, see another Bray Wyatt match, honestly. Yeah. Like yeah. ever. Like we've seen it all. Yeah. Like like he's a, he's a it's funny. He's a wide ranging one trick pony. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's different as like, you know, the presentation may seem it all ends up bullshit in the end. His, his range is all things spooky, all things thrillery. His, so it, it, all that stuff from the Cape Fear stuff to, the Mr. Creepy Mr. Rogers stuff to the Fiend stuff to the cult leader stuff. All he has his range as being a person that can play all these different characters, but at the end of the day, the bell has to ring and it fucking sucks. Or the bell doesn't ring, they have to take him on location to do some do, to do something that's wrestling adjacent, and the wrestling adjacent stuff sucks too. And it's convoluted, and like it's exhausting, and it's like every and it, he, like the worst thing ever is he keeps getting like stop putting him in the match, stop putting him in the ring with Daniel Bryan. He gets in the ring with Daniel Bryan one time, and then people think, oh, all the all the oh, he's all over the, all the <laughs> stuff, all the bullshit. Whether it was Royal Rumble two thousand uh, fourteen 14. or it was Royal Rumble this year, 
He gets in the room with Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's one of the greatest wrestlers to ever live. He goes out there and Daniel Bryan carries him to some great, some very good match. A match that's way above expectations. And then you think, all right, new slate. Slate is clear. No, that history's there. Look at that fucking track record. Goes to the cage match. So we talked about this before, right? About Bray Wyatt. About how he may have, um, you know, since he's been a main roster, he may have a three-star match, uh, you know, uh, three times a year. I, I did 17 three-star matches that are tag matches or uh, singles matches. I'm not including any Royal Rumbles. Fuck out of here. 17 three-star matches. It's been around since the summer of 2017. We are now upon the, coming upon the summer of 2013. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. We are now coming upon the summer of 2000, uh, SummerSlam 2020. We are now coming upon seven full years and only gotten... 17 good matches that weren't like extravaganzas of, of humanity of 30 fucking people in the ring with him. Hey, that's like a two, that's like a two and a half good match every year, every <laughs> yeah. 10, 10 year average. And that's right. so lame. <laughs> Forgot my face, Bray Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, this was just horrible. In, like we mentioned earlier with evil, Bray Wyatt's in the same category of people like, oh, it's, it's different. It's, surprising like it's unexpected that's why it's so good and you know the reddit boards and all of the think pieces that are going to come out tomorrow about all the subtext and backstory it's like oh well you know bray was wearing a hawaiian shirt which was a callback to when he was a cult leader so it's a big you know in-depth story and braun was looking at himself because he had to fight his inner demons which is bray wyatt to under to get through the swamp, and it's just like no, this is horrible. Here's yeah, here's a new surprising idea that you should, you should try. How about Bray Wyatt just never wrestle again? That's something new and different. <laughs> Let's try that. <clears throat> I'm good, man. Like a real horror show. This show fucking sucked. Like just all time bad. Like, and it feels like every like. WWE pay-per-view that, like, I watched, there's something, because I remember after Backlash, it was like, I what the fuck did we watch? Like, they had, like, a, they had, like, a bunch of one-star matches in a row. Um, they had the, the fucking ninjas. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, like, and then they had, like, you know, like, um, McIntyre versus Lashley, and that was good until they decided, like, nah, we need, we need to yeah. get out of this to extend the feud. But like, and it they're not going to extend it because right. SummerSlam, we're headed towards McIntyre and Orton, probably. So it's like, when is when is when are we going to the Lashley quote unquote rematch? Oh, never. never. Okay, cool, great, thanks, <laughs> thanks for the fun finish. Appreciate that. All right, let's uh, see. <laughs> they had Bailey and Sasha against the Iconics, Sheamus and Jeff Hardy, Oscar versus Nia Jackson, a double countout, oh, Braun Strowman versus Miz and Morrison, Lashley and McIntyre, and then Randy Orton and Edge. It, so basically, like a one and a half match show, right? Yeah. So that like it's just like every month, like they're producing some of the worst like cards that they've ever put on to match their shitty ratings, to match just like the promotion feeling like a shell of itself from the last couple of years. Like it's crazy because like they have more talented wrestlers than any other company, um, at their disposal. 
yet Vince's bar for Vince, Vince, don't, Vince is so fucking lazy that he does not want to put any work into trying to get anyone over. Like, he is basically like, I need a five star. I need, they're only, you know, we always talk about this with uh, college football, right? In high school classes, generally speaking, there's like 35 star uh, recruits, right? Mm-hmm. In pro wrestling, there's what? Six of them, 10 of them, or whatever else? And Vince is like, Vince is acting as if like, unless you are a, unless you are a five star, five tool athlete, I will never, you know, really try to make you a superstar. And it's like, there's only like five of those ever at any point in the world. We don't, and, and like, so. So what you're saying so, is like, he, the, he does not share the same mentality as Tom Izzo. <laughs> right. Like he's just, like my point is like, he's so fucking lazy and he's not willing and he's gotten lazier as far as trying to adapt people to making it, making it work for him. Like the last person that had any type of like, um, star energy and that wasn't like a very already like super made product was like Braun really that's and really it think of how many times he's killed Braun Strowman's that's career. my point that's, that's what I'm getting at it's like either be perfect or fuck off and even if you are perfect we will still fuck you up like Roman Reigns like because we'll push you a year before you're fucking ready or 18 months before you're ready and then, and then, and then like then we'll blame the fans for them seeing that he's not ready yet. Because we're jackasses. Yeah. Yeah. Always our fault. Right. Yeah. Can we talk about Wednesday wrestling, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Can, we, can, we can blow through that. Yeah. Go ahead, Rich. It's, you know, you the AEW uh, guy. Yeah. Um, so what did we have? It was Fight for the Fallen. Yes. Um, so they were, they had to have a, another big show for Mox and Cage to happen on. Um. So the opener they were not counter-programmed. Correct. Um, showed in the ratings, and <laughs> <laughs> she fell off a cliff. Like so, like, and, and it's funny. Like some of the stuff, like they do with NXT, is like the hot shotting and um, all that stuff. Like you know, I, I read WCW probably like twice a year or whatever. And they always talk about like the hot shotting and not being patient and everything like that. And like we see who's doing what. And who's doing, you know, what and when and booking from a position of strength and different stuff like that. There's one promotion doing that and one that's not. So that's like why they get caught with their pants down in weeks like these, I think. But um, we opened up uh, with Cody versus Sonny Kiss. That was a regular match. I didn't I didn't think it was too bad. Uh, I heard a lot of kind of mixed reports on it. Uh, a lot of people felt like it was sloppy. I thought Sonny Kiss had an awesome entrance. Um, I thought Cody, he was teasing a lot of heel stuff uh, because he was just getting irrationally frustrated that he couldn't put Sonny Kiss away. Um, But he ended up getting a win. What did you guys think of this? Yeah, I thought it was a a, a solid pro wrestling match with a good story, like you mentioned, of Cody getting frustrated throughout the match and uh, eventually having to try and cheat to get the win. Um, and as far as the the match quality, like I do feel like Sonny Kiss was moving a few paces ahead of Cody, so there was some stuff that kind of missed, or some strikes that kind of whiffed, and some sequences that didn't quite connect. But overall, it it, it was a fine pro wrestling match. Um, I I could feel them having issues early at the beginning. <clears throat> um, 
the story of Cody is, you know, possibly the wear and tear of having to defend so often, slash he's being a heel for, you know, because, um, and Arn telling him to, you know, pull his head out of his ass, which is funny considering that, like, every, like, it's almost like every defense now is like, all right, it's your turn to be the heel this week, uh, Arn. Oh, it's your turn to be the heel in the ring, Cody. Um, so there, so there's that. I, you know, I thought it was a fine match. I, it's just a standard fair match that like was struggling at the beginning and eventually got to a, a point of pretty good and, you know, Cody won at the end. Yeah. Um, and he was doing the, uh, the big We Are the World, uh, uh, hugging segment after and I felt like they zoomed the camera in on Cody and I think that was like, I saw him like one day he's going to be doing the We Are the World celebration with somebody and he's going to drop the ass. Like, I just got that feeling. So mm. uh, look out yeah. for that. Yeah. And throughout the match, there were several cuts to Tully Blanchard. So they're, you know, continually teasing this potential like four horsemen stable because Tully's been scouting Cody matches for weeks now. And there's been, you know, tweets with the four and Cody's yeah. throwing up four and, and Dash and Dawson have been throwing up fours. And so, there's this whole, you know, potential four horsemen stable that's probably coming. I don't know, man. I'ma just say it. I don't need to see another a new four horsemen. Like how, A, how are they gonna use the name? B is this like not even that. I got one for you. <clears throat> the thing about the horse that made a special is like when they had the lineup of Flair, Anderson, Blanchard Dylan, those were four of the best promos on the planet all together at the same time. Whatever little uh, outfit they're making out of uh, the Revival Plus or FTR Plus uh, Cody, that means you only have one of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cody, like, revealed the fucking ring uh, buckle like he was Toru Yano. Um, I forgot about that part. Yeah, but at just, least he's just, the one. That, at least he's the one that ate it. Like, like clearly he was working heel. Yeah, interesting match. Uh, what, what did we think of like about Sunny Kiss here? Like, uh, to me, like I've been watching Sunny Kiss on like Dark and, okay. and you know com- coming along slowly mm-hmm. uh, from where he was uh, last year at Fight for Fall, which I thought he was like. Oh, like he's, he's like a project essentially. Okay, but w- what did you guys make of his performance here? Yeah, I think overall, like you mentioned, within a year time span, he's definitely approved a lot. You know, I watch like you, Rich. I watch Dark every week, and I was seeing you know his tag match with Joey and some of the single matches against some of the enhancement enhancement talent that they've brought in during this pandemic era, and he's definitely gotten better. Um, overall in the ring, and like I said, I just thought he he worked he was working a little bit too fast here for Cody. Uh, but overall, he's gotten better. I mean, the 450 looks great. Um, there's a, a lot of kind of flashy moves, and, you know, I think he keeps getting reps on Dark and continues to, you know, he's been working with Dustin a lot uh, on some stuff. I think he's going to be pretty good. Yeah, um, I've, I've only seen him a couple, a few times. Um, but, yeah, like, the the there's something clearly there. Um, and, like, straight up, like, he's fucking fun. Just is, uh, like, I don't think he should be a singles guy. I think you know, obviously they've already done. You know, they're already headed towards down the path with Janela or whatever else. And I thought that was smart. Um, seeing him here, like, 
seeing how up and down he was during this match, is like this is somebody you put him in the tag team with with a with a quote unquote vet like Janela. You know, you know, we always talk about like you know veteran experience. Not all veteran experience is great veteran experience. And it's like what Janela, <laughs> you know, Janela it could be a bad influence. Not as far as like you know having a man like strung out or nothing like that, but like bad influence. Oh yeah, go out there and do something like super high risk and dangerous and ma'am yourself, impale yourself. <laughs> but like, but yeah, like. I think that those two together, like that's a good place to to put him right now. In, a, in you know, and you do need more acts that you know, <laughs> the Young Bucks and FTR and the Lucha Bros and Kenny and Haymare are gonna like beat up. Like you, you, you gotta be. He can't just keep trotting out uh, the best friends and beating them. Like I enjoy watching Tucky cheat or sorry Chucky e. T getting pinned, but like you can't pin him every other damn week. So so yeah, like. I think they're a nice little, not nice little, that's, that's, that's condescending, but like, they're a nice young gun tag team that you could put and potentially make, you know, as some type of potential rival to, um, private party down the future. Um, like, I don't know what the fuck has happened to, um, Hybrid 2. They're, they're stuck in Mexico. They're stuck in Mexico. Ah! Gotcha. Okay. So, like, you know, in lieu of that, like, you kind of need some young tag teams that they're trying to kind of, you know, put in that spot to where, like, they can come out here and give one of these, you know, big tag teams a run and eventually lose or maybe even get a couple upsets along the way. Um. So, uh, the next match we had FTR and the Lucha Bros. And this was a dream match for a lot of people. And... It wasn't a dream match. Like, we didn't get a dream match. Um, <laughs> no. It was like, like, it's amazing that it seems like no one thought about this until, like, it was actually in the ring happening. Like, <laughs> what kind of match are you going to do? Right. Like, it's like, <laughs> so everyone that was like, when FTR got free, they were naming this as the match they wanted to see. Like, I don't care about FTR versus Young Bucks. I'm trying to see FTR versus the Lucha Brothers. And, like, it, it seemed to be like, you know, a FDS like type thing just to like hate on the Young Bucks. But, uh-huh. Um, y'all got what y'all what y'all was asking for uh, this week, right? Because like, <laughs> like, like, I'm not saying it was a bad match or anything, right. but like, this wasn't the the dream match or whatever. And it looked awkward. It looked like they were trying to wrestle two different ways because because duh. Um, <laughs> and I, to me, I don't know. That's not like it's not. I don't want to see FTR slow the Lucha Brothers down. Like that's not that's not <laughs> well, like what, well, what to, I'm in it for. Well, to be fair, uh, the homeboy with the hair went out there and did the Tope uh, Tornado DDT. So like, it, there yeah. was some meeting in the middle. Like I don't I don't recall ever seeing that in the uh, that club in the bag in WWE. I don't recall yeah. ever seeing that shit. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, it just seems like there was a lot off. There were like some botches earlier yeah. in the match, yeah. and then like second half of the match was pretty good. I thought yeah. it was a creative finish. Uh, your boy uh, Dax Harwood's an asshole for ripping that man's mask off. Also, Phoenix bald. Did y'all know this? <laughs> Never thought about it. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I didn't think about. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know, man. I it, when I see FTR and the Lucha Bros on paper, I think they're gonna like go out and just like right assassinate the star rating scale you would think <laughs> but it didn't happen like yeah. so kind of yeah. weird yeah it, it was a very good match but it was not at the level of the eight-man tag the previous week which i think was to me it was a very high level tag team match and i was expecting this match to get there but just didn't like you mentioned Richard, there's a lot of just kind of 
miscommunications. I mean, the Lucha Brothers, they were off to that, that this night. They were botching some of their own moves that they do perfectly every week. So I don't know if it was with the heat or just they were just off that night, whatever it was. Um, <sighs> and also, yeah, the, just the style of dichotomies just didn't really work out here and um, until towards the end where things kind of picked up. But at least with the finish, they kind of left the door open for another match. Um, yeah. For a, with a, you know, at, this finish was quote unquote kind of clean, but leaves the door open to have a more definitive finish down the line. So maybe there's a better match in them. Yeah, uh, there's one thing you said I think is important to touch. I don't think, like, I've listened to a couple reviews. I don't think anyone's brought it up. But the heat in Jacksonville, I think that had an effect on a lot of the, the matches on this show. Uh, I think James, you said it was 84 with a real feel of 93. Right. And then if you remember back to Fight for the Fallen last year, yeah, they had when, that when crazy he, heat. When Pentagon was strung out, like when he was um out of at the age just got done tagging, he tagged out, and then it was like standing <laughs> This was back when AEW like their camera was horrendous and or whatever it is. Now it's just halfway good. But anyway, like they had Pentagon after tagging out at the beginning of the match for a while, uh out in that Jacksonville heat for Fight for the Fallen, and he is on the He's by the apron, but he's on the floor, and you just see him just just whole bottle of water. He's pouring on himself and drinking. He's like, he he's you know it's it's hot as hell out here. And he that, 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 that mask, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Jeremy, you were there for that, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. it was. Hot. <laughs> so <laughs> so like, y'all were like, y'all, you want tickets? And I was like. No, yeah, I, I skipped that show. Like, uh, uh, I was okay. like, I'll go to Fighter Fest. That one's in a building. Like, right. right. <laughs> um, New Year's show though felt pretty good though. What's up? Oh yeah, the New Year's that. Yeah, I definitely got to make it to one of the January shows. Whenever the <laughs> shit in the year twenty two, you know twenty twenty eight, twenty twenty three, some shit. Yeah. Um, yeah so, uh. I gotta say, um, I, the passive aggressive stuff between after the match, like, okay, so, um, I thought it was a creative finish, but I, I, I remember, wasn't there a point in the, uh, ladder match of death from, uh, what is it, double or nothing? Or, no, it's from all out. All out. Else. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't there a spot in there where, uh, Matt, where I think Matt ripped his mask? Matt off. ripped his mask, and then they murdered him in cold blood for for doing that. Pentagon did later with a yeah. package power driver through a ladder, I think, or some shit like that. So, or, or stuffed power driver. So, so yeah, like uh, I mean, obviously it's been a few months, so like, but I'm just saying, like, I, I remember that. But I wonder if they're, you know, I don't think it's going to be the end of them having matches in. We know they have better matches in them. I'm, I, I, I I was disappointed. I had high, I had pretty high expectations. But uh, but yeah, like it just it was just a three and a half star type of match that of a match I thought could have been like you know on TV and that and that situation could have been like four and a quarter, four and a half, that sort of thing. It, it you know, you know these so, these guys can't just will it all the time. Yeah. Uh, so the Bucks came out and attached attack uh, Butcher and the Blade and got the keys back to FTR's little old timey truck, and then uh, Kenny Omega came out with a cooler beer. Yeah. Uh, we knew Kenny doesn't actually drink beer, so I was like, huh, what's going on here? And the Bucks gave them their keys back, and Kenny uh, handed a beer to FTR. Then FTR poured the beers on Kenny's head, and, you know, yeah. damn Dash lives. Yeah. Um... And this seemed to infuriate Kenny. <laughs> so Yeah. It, I just... 
How old is Kenny Omega? 35. How old or bald or hair in uh, FDR? I think they're about the same age, maybe a little younger. So why are they behaving like fucking children? They're acting like teenagers. <laughs> like, I... I, I they just, don't like each other. I, I, there's plenty of people that I don't like that I interact with on a, on a fairly regular basis. I don't pour beer on their hair or get upset when they dump out beer that I hand it to them. Like, I, I just don't... Maybe, 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 maybe I just like I, I'm too laid back on that sort of thing. Like I don't care. Like you're about to fight over a fucking spir- spilt beer, and you're about to like turn this into a, tr- uh, a six person tag feud between like FTR and Hangman versus the Young Bucks and uh, Kenny over fucking sp- spilt beer. Like, <laughs> like, whatever. Give me the match, but like. This, this 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 is just like childish to me. Whatever. Well, up next we had Chris Jericho, and he came out uh, and said that he uh, beat Orange Cassidy in one of the greatest matches in AEW history, and he yeah. won the ratings war last last week. He explained that he's never been beaten in the eighteen to forty nine demo, and then he called himself. The demo god. <laughs> Ridiculous. Okay. I was hating this until he said the demo god, and then I popped because I was like, the de- oh my god, this guy's done it again. Within minutes, it seemed like there was a t shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. He's yeah. great. Um, <laughs> I, I, I. I don't. I don't care about the demo. I really don't give a fuck. But whatever, it it, it made people talk, so it worked, I guess. But I just like how how many times you can go to the well on this on a base for people grow tired of it. Because like yeah. I, I I'm you know by osmosis because we do you know when Rose Wrestling is like the staple of the show now. The backbone of the show is like we get drug into that, and I'm just like I don't find that to be particularly interesting. Like were the shows good or were they not? Um, but whatever, like it. it I'm sure the shirt's going to sell off the rack or whatever else. So good for him for that. But like, it's just it wasn't for me. <laughs> it just wasn't for me. Yeah, I think. What you think about the demo god? So I I I think the rating stuff. It's intriguing to to look at like off screen. You know, when you start talking about ratings on screen, it gets a little bit cringe. I did think he did kind of save it with the whole demo god thing, and because the ratings is such a big talking point in the Wednesday night wrestling. Mm. Uh, and so it's like trolling in all the right, right. ways. Right. So it's, 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 yeah, it's like, so, you know, the, the AEW supporters are like, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> we, we, whoop, we whoop y'all the demo every week. <laughs> and then for those fans, they're like, oh, what about the, all, you know, the, all t- you know, the, all, the viewers, the total viewers. It's like, nah, it's, it's about the demo. He's trolling those people. And it's a, it's a big troll job. It's gonna, it's selling work. I think they're already one of the top selling shirts already. This past week and foolish, yeah. So demo god thing is fine, but overall, like I like to keep the ratings talk to a minimum on screen. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just feels like I just feels like obviously you know this is clearly what he's doing and he's working on trying to get everybody else over like he's been doing since day one in AEW, uh, especially since TV. But it's like the demo god just seems so like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, like, okay, so for example, right? Like, uh, I know he's clearly trolling, but for me, it's like I just find it be so lame. That it's like I know, like that's supposed to be the heat, but it's like I, I feel like 
Jericho can be doing something <laughs> like after he's already dispatched of Orange Cassidy, I feel like he'd be doing something better than this. Like I know he's about to do the Jungle Express thing or whatever else, or Jurassic Express, Jungle Express, um, and that's gonna be cool or whatever else. But you know, because you know he's gonna beat the shit out of Marco Stutt. But um, but like I just like whatever, whatever. It's 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 something to do. But I still feel like he's side questing right now. Like I'm starting to look ahead to be like, all right. So once we get to all uh out what is what like like if it's please don't please don't tell say tyson but if like who what what's his opponent going to be like it, like it's probably going to be tyson or or it still could be tyson but like i don't want to be tyson in any circumstances i don't want to see that shit like yeah, it's two fifty year old people fighting and one's not a wrestler yeah i i don't want to see that at all um and one's not a trained wrestler at all look, if it's me I'm booking Scorpio Sky to, to have that match with him because they've already got history in the promotion. You are spinning Scorpio Sky off anyway, and you can either beat him or you can have him beat Jericho at this point. It's not a bad option at all. Like, when you're looking at, like, the faces that are around and who's there, Scorpio also on that Matt Riddle program where he's older than he looks. So you got to take advantage of that. <laughs> and plus, if you look at the booking too, uh, Scorpio's in that 20 win club, but only like Kenny and Kazarian and a couple other people are in. There's not many people who have 20 career wins in the promotion so far. So like you mentioned, Rachel, him being singles now, that would make perfect sense. Uh, you know, he can brag that he has a better overall record than Jericho. And that can kind of lead into yeah. the feud. Yeah, I, I think you get uh, Jericho up to like 19 wins before the pay-per-view and be like, I'm going to get my 20th victory or whatever or something like that. And then he doesn't wrestle until the pay-per-view. And, <laughs> you know, Scorpio Sky, I don't know. They they can come up with something. But um, after they dump the juice on Jericho. Oh, yeah, um, that's another one part about it, right? So – you have that as like so back to back things. We got people getting shit thrown in their getting liquid thrown in their head. I was like, why couldn't they space that out or just not do one of them this week? I, I, whatever. Yeah, yeah, the Jericho one felt so WWE ish. You know, liquid falling from the sky. Ha ha. I was like, I did not like that whatsoever. Yeah. I heard rumors that Jericho was saying that they were supposed to have an orange juice truck, and I'm just like, no, like, oh my God. no, none Is of that. that- like we're not let's not relive the nineties. Let's not try and beat WWE with the ha ha funny we got. You know we spilled stuff on on him. Like no, like well, you saw Ortiz. Ortiz was trying to swim. Was trying to swim in shit like he's Vince. Bumps. Yeah, this man was bumping off the juice. No, but he yeah. swam, But he tried to swim like he was Vince, and I was like, uh-huh. like I I hated like between uh, hate's probably too strong word, but like I I did not like I disliked. That whole thing, like from that the the whole demo god thing to the to only part I like was the demo god. Sorry, (laughs) the only part I like was the demo god. Everything else, he dropped something. I was like, this is so derivative and lazy, and the stuff that I've seen Jericho do. Especially even going down to like, you ruined my jacket. My jacket is some ridiculous amount of money that it probably is not. Like he he did that with Ambrose in 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Figure something out with that. So. Um, but up next, we had the Elite versus the Jurassic Express. Five. And this was just a five. 
just 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 dumb job one wrestling just like go go out there and do a bunch of crazy shit y'all yes sir boss <laughs> <laughs> yeah this tag match was awesome you know a lot of people were kind of wondering what you know AEW's specialty was going to be kind of going into pay-per-views and TVs a lot of people thought you know maybe it could be the Joshis uh, maybe it could be OWE and Shima and his crew. None of that really all kind of panned out. But the one thing that's been hitting are these, you know, tag matches, multi-man tag matches on Dynamite on pay-per-views. So the tag division has been like one of the best things about AEW and they've been knocking out of the park, you know, every week with one of these like crazy wild spot tag matches. And like this is becoming a staple and they, they need to have one of these kind of crazy wild spot matches every week. Yeah, I love it. RLPW. Fucking, um, uh, Kenny Omega also ended his career, uh, this week, uh, by selling for Marco Stunt. Uh, so you guys got any, uh, thoughts on, uh, the end of Kenny Omega's career here? I mean, it, it was good while it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, they uh, did another crazy super Canadian destroyer off of the, like, they were running on the um, the entrance ramp and jumped off Luchasaurus' shoulders, and Jungle Boy gave Matt, essentially, from the top rope, a Canadian destroyer. Unbelievable. Just, like, every, if they, if this shit degenerates into, like, what kind of crazy Canadian destroyer can happen at any point during this two hours, uh, I would love to see it. Um, <laughs> I, I love it. Um, I, I thought uh, Jurassic, or, uh, the, the big man, he was pretty good in this match. Uh, Jungle Boy Nick Jackson. Uh, I saw a comment where it looked like someone said uh, Nick Jackson just wrestled himself ten years ago. Um, and but I think uh, the the real talking point here is Kenny Omega snapping on uh, Marco Stunt after the match, smiling and like beating the fuck out of that man and then having to get pulled off by the Young Bucks. Look, I'm going to tell you all right now. Look, like, y'all going to talk yourselves into it. Yeah, like, everybody, like, they going to talk themselves into it, and then they're going to be upset later. What do you I can mean? see it coming. Like, like Hill Kenny, you mean? Yes. They, they, they going to talk themselves into it, and then – they're going to get real angry when, when this man start like, opening up these promos and really pissing people off, like, and, and, and really just being at the top. And then people just going, go like, it's, 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 gonna, it's a no-win situation well, what, uh, for this what, man. What I will say is Singles Hill Kenny, um, one, will give me more more the matches I want to see, and two, would actually give him um, some some umph as an actual character as opposed to just a great wrestler. And it's like I like he's still my memory performer of the year, but it's like I need him to talk. So like sure, like for me, I'm 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 fine with it. Like anything that will put a mic in front of that man's mouth and will let and will allow make him actually feel comfortable to want to uh, you know, talk shit or talk about how he's the greatest or whatever else, fine. Um, now, other people's opinion, like, 
Kenny Omega can do anything, can do any, he can donate to charity and people will find a way to complain about it. So it's like, I, I mean, and, like, honestly, like, that's any, that's any wrestler too, is like, people hate people because they're assholes and they have miserable lives. So like, I mean, yeah, I, 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 you know, it is what it is. Um, like, it's kind of been foreshadowed on BTE. It's like, I don't know. I, I kind of get upset about the obsession with the past. Uh, also like, you know, I've talked about it on the show before being an artist and then like always trying to reach back for whatever may or may not be there from a couple of years ago. It's like going forward, man, uh, move the game for it as, as, as the late Kobe Bryant would say. But, um, he's been foreshadowing the cleaner on BTE. What have you made of this whole like last couple of weeks and then this thing, Jeremy? So I think what's going to happen, I I think eventually, I think this is leading to a Kenny Omega heel turn, but I don't think he's going to be the cleaner. I think it's going to be like a new, like, heel Kenny, and I think that's what people are going to be mad about. They're going to be like, you know, we wanted the cleaner, and you're being whatever this new heel Kenny oh my is. God, what if he's Jay White? <laughs> 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 no, no, fuck this. Like, bro, if Kenny Omega came out here and started doing fuck finishes, I'd be done with AEW again. <laughs> no, bro. This, I, I, I look. My, all I all I wanted was some New Japan ass matches in America. That's all I wanted. And y'all want to give me this bullshit? Hey, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. I know you're not. I'm just saying. Like I'm playing. My, I'm playing. Like I'm playing up my worst fears. Like please, please do not fuck with me. I can't deal with it. Uh, but yeah, they have they have been slowly teasing this on BT, like you mentioned, Rich. Uh, you know the whole storyline right now on BT is you know he wants to literally kill. Cocabana for, you know, interrupting his segments and stuff like that. And the Bucks and everybody's like, you know, you do not need to do not talk to Kenny. Don't go near him. Right. He's been, you know, ordering. We saw him order like a leather, leather jacket. He's been wearing sunglasses. Like he's been playing with a broom again. Like, <laughs> you know, like he come in, you know, the, the clean, the, the, the janitor, like something yeah. like, <laughs> like what, what was that kid he used to have? The janitor, like he's becoming that again. You know, all the ones that the, the Reddit fans want him to be. And so yeah, they've been teasing that, and you know, like yeah, he he really wants to kill you. Like he's been, get, you know, he's been getting more aggressive lately. He's been you know, in a bad mood. Like do not talk to him. Leave him alone. Like this yeah. man wants to murder you. So yeah, it seems like they're teasing that way. And then like, way back there was that whole like dream sequence where Adam, um, Adam Page had the dream that he was feuding with Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. And usually when they do stuff like that on BT, like eventually like it comes up. So I think yeah, it's gonna be like. They're gonna lose the titles. Kenny's gonna heal on him, and then Kenny and Hangman is gonna be your like your big program. Yeah, that's gonna be like. I think they're gonna. They, it taken like the proper like speed with it, and by the time it explodes, it's gonna be real. Uh, so, I just hope Hangman's ready, ready to uh, step up. So I have a question, right? Like with the MJF outfit, Inner Circle, me Inner Circle, um, the Dark Order. They're teasing Cody turning heel. They're teasing Kenny turning heel. And I, yes, both of them turning heels. You know what that means? They ain't got to wrestle each other. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess my question is like, do you think they've built up enough st- uh, enough of the babyface roster for these machinations if they were to like like happen in the near future? Like, I feel like if you turn Kenny Omega and Cody heel or heel is like. All right, so you have John Moxley and oh, dudes that like we've only known for like a year. Yeah, 
yeah. I, I think that's kind of a scary proposition. Like, I, I feel like they're doing a lot of teasing, but like, I don't know if they would actually pull. I don't think it's why it's pulled the trigger yet, at least. I thought like you got to get more baby faces up and running to to like basically step into those shoes and like Hangman's one of them, but Darby. Um, Darby can't be a number three babyface at this point, though. He's not ready. He can't be number three? If it's Moxley's number one... Well, think of it. Where is he at now? Was he, like, six? Um, I'm not sure. All right, let's go through it. Cody, Moxley, uh, Kenny... Kenny slash Hangman as, as, a, as a squad together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then where do we go from there? Will you throw Darby there now? Or will you throw Darby there now? I uh, probably uh, him or Orange Cassidy. Okay, so I'm just saying, like, I find that to be a scary proposition. If like that's you get to, you basically like get rid of those two, and now you're just basically at like Hangman's your number two baby face in the company, and then number three is like you know Jurassic Express slash uh, Orange Cassidy slash Darby. I think that's I think that's cutting it real thin on star power. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to like see. Like maybe what... you turn Jericho babyface? Maybe. You could. Yeah. But then you have to blow up the inner circle. Well, you've been talking about them doing that and having Sam be the leader of the shit for forever. Or not forever for a while now, so I You, you gotta know. come back to promotion. Uh, maybe maybe uh, the big war dog becomes babyface one day. That could happen. They've been teasing that for a while. Like we mentioned, there's Scorpio Sky. Yeah. See, the thing with Scorpio Sky, I don't believe it because it's like they've been stopping and starting him on Dynamite for so long that it's like, I, it, like whatever y'all are seeing on um, Dark is not translating to Dynamite for me. Let's see. At least not yet. I mean, we could just you know, uh, you know, start pushing Marco Stunt, you know, the Jungle Boy. You know, I probably throw the Jungle Boy in there too. I would put the Jungle Boy firmly behind uh, Darby, though. So, um, let's see what we got here. So, what do we have after that? Uh, Nyla Rose, I think, yep. uh, announced the her manager, as uh, it was predicted, Vicky Guerrero. Yep. Gentlemen, we've seen it. Uh, not really excited. Um, not really a fan of Vigoura at this point. I think she's a one note kind of thing. There are no fans here yet, so I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Yeah, I think Vicky is very talented at what she does. I think she, in that kind of heater, heel roles, I think she did a great job back in the day of like Edge and Dolph Ziggler and the whole, you know, La Familia stable that they had back in the day. And, you know, if you want somebody for Nyla that can talk and generate heat, then I think Vicky is a good person for the job. Um, it's just one of those things like, all right, how many more managers do we need? How many more, how many former WWE acts do we need? Um, and it's like, I feel like Nyla, it's like it on the path of developing like her promo kind of chops and was doing kind of good on her own. But I guess maybe they they wanted this for like the character development. I'm, I'm not quite sure like why they felt Nyla 
needed a manager. Maybe they also want to make her maybe just the more intimidating, just kind of like beast figure and let Vicky do all the talking that way. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give it a chance to kind of see where it goes. I think it could be interesting, but like you mentioned, Rich, like right now there is no, you know, quote unquote fans in the building. So like, it's not going to generate, you know, a ton of heat right now. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same camp as you, Jeremy. Like, I don't really see the point in, uh, or I see the point, but I don't really think it's a good fit for for Nala. Like, I thought Nala was doing pretty damn good when her when she comes out here and like has her one liners or her little or her little. I keep saying this kind of silly shit, uh, or like her her small stuff that she does with talking. Like, not everybody needs to be a fucking orator, right? Like, to, like. She's a monster. She can say her one-liners that are effective, like, always bet on black. I love that. Like, she's good enough to do it at, at, at the role she was in or whatever else. Like, she's already been a champion. She was already doing pretty damn well at, when she was a champion. Now she's, you know, um, working on the aftermath at, after the title's been taken off her. Like, if you ask me, like, if you want to have Vicky Guerrero on your TV, fine. But I think as far as a, um, an actual real cohesive fit, she needs to be with Brit annoying the hell out of uh, Rebel or Reby or whatever her uh, is it Rebel? What's her name? Reba. Rebel. But it's Rebel, but she calls her Reba. Reba. They need to be out there antagonizing shit out of Reba until Reba snaps on them or whatever's being just like while being annoying, unsufferable human beings. Like her and Brit is like is like the CM Punk and Paul Heyman of like just, wow. of just annoyance. <laughs> Right, so it's like that's a perfect match right there, for, in my opinion. For 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 Vicky, I, but you know, like we'll see what they do. Like I'm not, I don't necessarily hate it, but it was like super predictable. There's like, all right, you see all the all the other managers out here. Like they're probably going to pick a woman. If they're going to pick a woman, who is it going to be? Probably Vicky. And we all we and we all figured it out. We figured them out. So there you go. Um. So I, I skipped a little forward, but uh, she did cut a promo in uh, English. She said uh, that she's always re- ready for Nyla, but it doesn't always it doesn't necessarily have to be Nyla. Uh, it's an open challenge, and if you have the passion, step up and challenge her and show her. Uh, the division's been decimated by COVID and injuries. So, <laughs> like, it, what Swole? Well, part of what I'm doing, like, they didn't have to spend Swole. They took her off TV. So you have the Swole thing. She's gone. Brit. Knee injury, ditto for Stat, who's going to be gone for even longer, and and who am I forgetting? That also, oh, uh, who know where to Penelope Ford oh, just had her had her match, right? Riho is in Japan; she ain't coming. Uh, uh, He's in the UK. Shannon's in the UK. Yep. Uh, Shogo Nakajima, you, Yuka Sakazaki, ditto. I assume they're in Japan. They're in Japan. Um, yep. They're doing shows. Yeah. So this shit has been. It looks like they're bringing in. Uh, Ivelisse and um or Ivelisse and um Diamante, Diamante next week. Yeah. So and that should be good because Diamante um she's good. Ivelisse, I believe she's. I haven't watched much of her, or actually, I've, man, I don't know if I've seen her or not. But like, I've heard that she is good, but she does have baggage. Like, apparently, she's a homophobe. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I've heard some kind of attitude issues on Ivelisse, but I've seen her. I mean, we've seen her here in Shine all the time, and I've seen her on Lucha Underground, and I think she's a, a great wrestler. So if she can kind of get rid of the baggage and work on the attitude, I think she'd like, be a great addition. Like I, 
I didn't hear like I don't know even least like that. So like I heard about it this week when she she was there and they talk and you know on Twitter people talk about it. So it's like for me, I'm I don't know. Well, if it were me, I wouldn't have signed him. That for for one or signed Ivelisse. Uh I don't think she signed. Okay, but or brought them in either way. Um, unless the, you know, unless you're going to have someone, you know, have, you know, send, let, let it be known that like, you need to atone for, you know, this nonsense that you've put out in the streets. So, but that's not what was done. So I mean, they're in a desperate spot right now with, uh, with talent. So he, you know, like if it were me, I would have reached out to like Allison K or Thunder Rosa since they're yeah. not under contract. So that that brings us back to the open challenge part. I would definitely like. I think you can count on one of them two showing up to to run it at some point. Hopefully, it's Thunder Rosa, especially, especially with the uh, with NWA in like a state of who knows what. So, um, otherwise, we would have the Nightmare Sisters, uh, Brandy and Allie, uh, against Kenzie Page and MJ Jenkins. So MJ Jenkins uh, making her AEW Dynamite debut. She's defected. She's you know. She's defected. She jump, has jump brands like yeah. it, like half the roster has already. <laughs> no. um, yeah. So it seems like um, so Brandy and Allie have been like working together rather well lately on Dark, and what this kind of seemed like was like they're a, working well together lately. Like as far as like they get along, or like, as far as they're good work, like they get along. Oh, okay. Like How's they get along in the ring though. <laughs> I mean, it is all right. Like you it's know, fine. nothing. I yeah, it's it's just fine. Like Brandy's like uh, Sling Blade is actually really good. Um, aside from that, though, like it seems like what they did on the show this week, it seems like they reset the act back to the very initial stages of when they were bickering. It's like, well, we already kind of got past that. I thought, but um, two minute match, uh, they hit. Uh, the G or Allie hit a GTR on uh, MJ Jenkins for the pin. Uh, apparently, there's some wait, like the auto GTR. <laughs> Actually, I think she did a, a final cut because she's been doing a lot like of the, uh, he's been doing a lot of Dustin's moves. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, so kind of I don't know. <laughs> what she go toes GTR on people. God damn. <laughs> So like I don't know if there's supposed to be a, a AEW women's tag division there or something, but they've been teaming up for a while. They're like four or five and zero oh together, so something's happening. I don't know what, but um, so next week they've got uh, Cody defend the TNT title on an open challenge. Um, who knows? I haven't heard any leaks yet. Uh, Heyman Page versus Five, Allen Angels, uh, Evil Lee's versus Diamante, MJF will be fighting somebody. Uh, the Young Bucks will be taking on Butcher and Blade, and it falls count anywhere match. That's going to be fantastic. And then Lucha Boy or Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy versus Jericho and uh, Jake Hager next week. Ooh, Jake Hager, um, Lucha Boy and Jungle Saurus. That's funny. Oh, uh, so uh, after that, we had uh, you know Taz come out here and cut a promo before Mox entered and said we're uh, moments away from Cage's crowning moment. Uh, Moxley, they played a promo from him earlier that uh, said he's going basically um, he's going to rip uh, Cage's 
surgically repaired left bicep off the bone and told him to enjoy the hospital. So uh, this is a match we were all looking forward to. Uh, what do we think about this? Uh, uh, Moxley defeated Cage uh, at the end uh, to retain the title. Yeah, I thought this was a very good match. Told it was a great story. Moxley, you know, top bay face, world champion, went out there and told you exactly what he's going to do. I'm going to try and rip this man's surgically repaired arm off so I can win this match. And throughout the match, he's doing arm bars and kimuras and all this arm based offense that made a lot of sense. And um, because Brian Cage is a freak in the machine, he was still able to go. He's still able to pull off power maneuvers, but. It wasn't quite right. You know, he did struggle with the arm throughout. So it was in a complete body part match where he's completely useless, but he's able to kind of shrug it off a little bit. But he's definitely in pain and um, great selling for him. Great selling from Moxley. And then to the final spot where he gets him trapped in the arm bar. And it's like my, uh, Brian Cage is like, I, I am not giving up. I will literally sit here and let you rip my arm off. I will die. Right. And Moxley's like, fine. And I'll, I'll rip your arm off. And Taz has to be the one to throw a towel in and protect his investment and be like, hey, you know, you, you got to live the fight another day. I, I, I get it. You're going to be pissed at me, but I don't want your arm ripped off again. We, we got more we got more money to make. So I thought it was great a little bit. Ross was doing a good job putting it over, too. Like, this kid can't afford five more months of being on the table. So it would be 10 out of 12 months of the year. Uh, they'd be laid up with no money coming in, essentially. Like, you know. But um, I wish that. Especially if he pays his corner. Right. I I wish that when people like, you know, blanketly throw the the term storytelling on a match, I wish they would be referencing matches like these rather than (laughs) stuff that just sucks that they're trying to cover up for. Um, But, yeah, I I dug this one because, like Jeremy said, Maso is exactly what he was going to do. He did it. It was like calling a shot. You had it being laid out for you in every, like, single possible way. The announcers explaining it to you, the uh, work in the ring happening, and it seemed like they still had another level to kind of get to. So, um, what did you think about this one, James? I thought it was a very good match if you want to set up a rematch. I really did. Um, the last time I liked a match that like I thought was immediately going to lead to a rematch was like Samoa Joe and AJ at SummerSlam 2018. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Oh, they did. This this was fun, but like, there's another level, and like, this leaves you the opportunity to have another level somewhere down the line. Um, and like, you, I I really enjoyed the match. Um, I I think that I I don't want to. Okay, him and Cage or Cage and Darby, um, because the finish of the match is uh, after after he throws in the towel. Uh, Moxie, Moxie celebrates. Cage gets up. He attacks Moxley. Then the lights go out. Uh, <laughs> take a swig, Jamie Spectre. Uh, and then and out comes Darby. Darby, uh, ends up, uh, coming up top rope with the skateboard and the, uh, and the lip of the skateboard ends up hitting, uh, Cage in the, in the throat. He bails, um, and he's pissed, uh, by ringside, but you, you leave with um, Darby and Moxley in the ring together, um, making a save, which I guess is kind of like a Mia Copa for, uh, you know, Floyd is so, you know, hates Darby because, you know, he didn't save Moxley that one time when there were three people in front of him. Uh, they, they were going to stop the path to get to that, but whatever. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so yeah, I, uh, two people, not three. So, yeah, I, um, I, 
I think that I don't know how that match is going to go. Like, I think they're going to have a fun match, but like, I ultimately, like, I think Darby needs to. I think Cage needs to like beat Darby really badly to kind of uh, not make up for this. But like, I don't know if this is the time for Darby to get his win because Cage and uh, Taz are doing so damn well. Um, it, it's weird. It's it's really weird. Um, I, I don't think I think you need to like move Cage and keep Cage where he is, like high on the card as like a you know top six level person um, on mm-hmm. the roster. Uh, and I don't think he should be doing jobs for for Darby. Uh, but at the end of the day, like maybe he you know he gets he gets him he catches him with a flash finch or something. I don't know. Maybe that's the like. They caught themselves in a situation where, like, I don't feel like you should be doing this program because I don't know if you need to be beating either one of them right now. Like, mm-hmm. Darby, you know, the way that you, you know, the Darby and Taz thing, whatever else, Cage comes to the scene, he puts them on the shelf for like a month, and then, you know, here we are. Um, but yeah, anyway, back to this match. I, I really enjoyed it, and like, I can't wait till they have a match again, and like, him and Taz can go back at it on the mic again. Taz and, uh, and Moxley. Yeah. Um, so we got a question from Floyd. So he uh, had a request for the show this week. He said, if you have time, could you discuss black singles wrestlers that are available to be signed by AEW? And he's talking guys that are ready to be pushed. So um, I'm trying to think. Um, so when we think about people that are ready to be pushed, that are out there. The two that immediately come to mind are Leo Rush and ACH. Right. Um, I mean, for me, the first thing that came to my mind was AR Fox. Is but is he in uh, the WWN thing still, or is he out? It, it's tricky. So he was under Evolve contract in WWE. He's bought Evolve, and they have brought some of those Evolve guys on TV. We've seen the sculpt like Leon Ruff and Adrian Alanis and Liam Gray, who've all been trained by AR Fox, and AR Fox was the leader of the sculpt, and we've been seeing those guys being jobbed out on NXT and two hundred five live. Especially Leon Ruff, my God. Yeah. So it's AR Fox's contract status is kinda of up in the air. Nobody really knows what mm. his status is. He's still running his school in Georgia. Um but if WWE hasn't brought him in yet and they're not gonna use him like I would think this maybe he's a free agent at this point, and I would be trying to pick him up. Yeah, um, I think you gotta like if you're looking like someone that's like not an immediate name. Um, AEW actually has a couple guys that are like floating around their access, uh, like Will Hobbs. Uh, me and Jeremy were talking about him before or the show. You can push him as a Black Goldberg. Like, like literally, he can just get in there and be big. And he seems like he was a, I think he's a former football player. He was on Dark uh, this week, running wild with like huge power slams and, um, uh, spine busters like Arn Anderson. And he looks like he's about 6'4, maybe 280, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, big dude. If, if you guys are, um, a couple weeks ago when Britt was out there, it's a big black guy next to her. That was Will Hobbs. Um, they had him playing security. Yeah, he was like um, guarding Britt Baker or whatever. Oh God! And I think he was sitting at ringside last week. So yeah, and he's been on Dark, and this past week's Dark, he was wilding out, spine busting everybody. Looked really good. Yeah, um, they did sign Lee Johnson, who's kind of in the role Jungle Boy was in last year, getting beat like a drum. Uh, I think he's like zero and eleven right now. So <laughs> uh, he's a young lion right now. So uh, yeah, beat him. Um, uh, then there's like Saeed Valsava who's out there. 
Uh, he actually is no longer under MLW contract. He seems to go in and out of contracts quite often, uh, or at least twice in the, in recent memory. Uh, I don't know the particulars on on each of them, but I know he is out there. Um, Troy Hollywood's out there. Uh, Snoop Strikes is out there. Um, Treehouse Lee is out there. Um, basically, there John are Davis. a lot. Of, yeah, John Davis is out there. Big tough motherfucker. Uh, if if you want someone that's that's just just tough, uh, they did recently just sign Ricky Starks. Uh, who looks like he's going to be set up to be getting pushed soon. Uh, so this thing has uh, come up once again with, um, I believe it's A.J. Gray, uh, who did an interview, uh, you know, expressing his disappointment about the lack of push black wrestlers in AEW. And he actually put the word black on it now. So it's not like, you know, hiding behind the diversity word um, as it was before. Because he gave a great example of like what AEW is doing with the women's division. Um, he also, you know, talked about. I, I saw him, you know, uh, posting on Twitter. It's like, don't tag me in the Cody and Friends belt post, whatever. Because you know they were asking who do you want to see the the open challenge, uh, you know, him to face. So he wanted to take himself out of that hat. So I don't know if this is like a, a personal. Um, thing with AJ Gray and AEW, like maybe like he just thinks it's all bullshit or he, you know, was slighted by them in some type of way we don't know about or or whatever the situation is. But um <clears throat> it is a uh it's becoming a more noticeable thing every time this pops back up because it's like, well, we're seeing more people people being brought in. Right. Like Bro- Brody Lee, uh Lance Archer in the last couple months, Brian Cage. And, and, of- and Jericho's friends and Cody's friends and Young Buck's friends and yeah, like yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and we and we did a long segment on this before, and you know my my um, kind of row where I would be upset was if I felt like there was like no type of path in because like we know how a lot of this shit works in every business. It's a very who you know type thing. So one thing that I have seen is like through QC Marshall school, there's a lot of guys that a lot of black wrestlers that have come through QC Marshall school. And it's like, man, like he has a lot of guys like, and you know, that is encouraging to see, like we always count the people that pop up by AEW dark, but it's like, you know, there's not that many people they're signing during the pandemic. And if they are, they usually have really big names. So I don't know if it's a situation where they're not trying to commit to lower people, but Pineapple Pete's right there. He's already got himself over. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Uh, like I said, Will Hobbs, Lee Johnson, Sean Dean, um, Musa is there. Uh, trying to think. A couple is it Musa Smith? I What's think his, his, name? his name is just Musa. Musa. It's, okay. just, it's just Musa. But but I think um, definitely like Will Hobbs. That's who you want to like have. He's a big motherfucker. You can't say he's too small. Can't say like. You know he's green where because he's big, like so he can hide all that. Like <laughs> if you can do it with Warlow, like you can do it with Will Hobbs. Yeah, I'm just I'm <clears throat> at a point now to where um like it's super valid and it needs to be addressed at some point. Like Ricky Starks is cool, but in Ricky Starks. Had that match with Cody, and I thought he was damn good in it. 
and like I, I'm interested to see what happens next with him. I'm interested to see what happens with this tag team with with um, Janella and and Sunny Kiss, um, Scorpio Sky thing. I'm still just like in a. Uh, I believe when I see a thing because like it's been so stop and start with him for since November, um, and obviously had to you know figure out what they how they wanted to handle the SCU departure thing or split or whatever the hell that is, but um, it still seems like it's you know it seems like it's been a long time coming and it ain't it ain't got here yet. Uh, so you know along with that like you know everybody including WWE has a bunch of black jobbers they come out here and they just beat the piss out of so it's like I'm not giving them props for signing jobbers I'm just or not or bringing in jobbers to, to do jobs like they're not getting pushed so uh like regardless of if you know whatever not people think is like shouldn't is it valid like not nah, it's bullshit like there is a there is a clear you know thing here um and they'd be best to you know figure it out cause it's not like like Leo Rush would be fucking perfect for them. Perfect for them. Um, I don't know how if he wants to wrestle or whatever the situation is, but like you gotta at least make fucking phone calls. You gotta at least at you know let it be known uh that you're you know, you're making these 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 um you're reaching out like the Chris Bay thing is like sticks in my mind is like Cody telling me, Yeah, you know, I've been watching his YouTube videos like Okay, whose videos are you watching? Like, why, why, why is, why do these people have to be qualified in a way that like these other motherfuckers you're picking up off the street aren't like, are are seemingly aren't aren't qualified either? You just sign them because off the vibe. Like, what 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 is going on here? So yeah, hopefully that gets that gets figured out. Yeah, and like with the Chris Bay thing, like how long you been watching? Because Chris Bay is a name I heard Cody say several times, and right. now he signed off Impact, right. and now he's a new X Division champion. Right. It's probably been Impact for a while now. So how long were you watching? Like how long did it take for you to finally try to pull a trigger, and then wait until Don Callis signs him up? Interesting, very interesting, because like um, the the company's only going to get older. It's only going to get more established. Like the people that are in the roles are only going to get further entrenched in them. So like the longer it takes, the I think the longer it's going get, to unless things get solved now. Right. It's like you can you can you can um fix a lot of the problems that may manifest later on <laughs> or or not run into them at all if you go ahead and like I'm going to bang the drum for Will Hobbs really hard right now because like that's like Will Hobbs when you see him James it's going to instantly click. It's like this is the easiest thing you can do. You you get him, you stick him with somebody that can work, and he and he's fucking big daddy cool diesel. That's all you have to fucking do. Like it's so fucking simple. Like uh, and eventually, you know, you you let the motherfucker run wild like Batista. Like it's it's super simple. It's literally Black Warlow. So <laughs> like you know, uh, so like they need to. You know, get the fuck on it, like, and and figure it out. Yeah, and then because like every every three months or every three four months, like this this like seems to like pop up in, in a big force on Twitter, and I never talk about it on Twitter because it's like I don't, don't know, think, you don't know who's using good faith, right? I'm like, all right, um, I don't think it's the medium <laughs> for it for something because I think it's a lot more diver- like the question and the conversation is a lot more simpler than just push black wrestlers because let's be honest it's not just a hey just push black wrestlers thing it's like all right let's try to get good wrestlers 
and also stick to what you said you would be. Like it's it's not just a sign any black motherfucker off the street. Like it's a you know, hey, you you, you what you said. Like that's right. that's kind of like right. you know how this is. You put you put stuff out in these press conferences and media availabilities and t- and have more or less like a I guess a, a mission statement type of thing. It's like all right, we're gonna hold you to that. You put these you put these nice you know. Um, flowery words out there. We're gonna hold you to that because we didn't. A- we didn't ask you to do this. You did. Yeah, right. And the thing is, like, there's so many talented black men and female wrestlers that are out there. They, they, they should pull up the for the culture card that never happened because of COVID and see. It's a cheat code. Yeah, see who was all all on that card and try to bring some of those guys in. Trisha Dora. We saw her wrestle Kylan King yeah. uh, at, at GCW. Like, I seen Kylan King. Uh, pop up on AW Dark. Trisha Dora is right there. Wasn't uh, uh wasn't Faye Jackson like at these tapings recently? Yeah. Hanging out. I, I don't know if she if she wrestled or anything, but she was definitely there. Hmm. Interesting. So. Uh, okay. I, I guess it's now the James Boyd segment of the show. Well, I, I watch NXT, James. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. You do. <laughs> All right. So. Uh. Okay. So we got. I'm going to try to get through this in like 10 minutes. So buckle up. All right. So NXT this week opens up with Keith Lee. Cuts his very good baby face promo about all the stuff he's been through. His uh, his head trainer passed away recently. I don't know what from or what causes. Uh, but he, but uh, he said that like, he was like a father figure to him. He talked about uh, you know all the things in the world he was alluding to. Because you're not allowed to talk about, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the... Uh, the the uh the police oh, sorry um the uh public uh protests or covid on WWE television but he was alluding to that stuff obviously um, it's in a different universe James yeah of course <laughs> yeah so he um so he says you know that you know uh I want to I you know I had this talent I had this drive but you know I, none of it matters if none of it meets opportunity uh so um he talks about he brings out Dijack and he's like this is because I got these two belts now because in part because of you because of what we drove each other to over the last year and these matches that we've had so um I talked to Regal you're getting the first title shot um Dijack is looks smaller and he, uh, by the way, but he, he, uh, he looks surprised and he's like, all right, well, when you want to do this, do this match, well, I got my gear on, so let's do it tonight. He looks kind of, he looks kind of hesitant, but then like, uh, Keith Lee kind of like edges or eagers or, uh, can encourage them to eggs them on to have the match. So they, they end up eventually having the match later tonight. Um, well, what if he wanted to train or something like, right, right, like- especially <laughs> smaller. Um, he's like, bro, I want a game plan. So. Hey. It's amazing that uh, Dijak is back because last we knew he was caught up, and then once he they was. had that, yes, he got caught up to Raw, and then once they had that shakeup, let's just say he ain't on Raw no more. Ah, okay. for the time being. Okay, because like I remember he had I thought about like a couple. He's like, where is Dijak? Because like last time I saw him, when he uh, he did that job to uh, to Gargano, like mm-hmm. back yeah. in June. So, or maybe it was late May. So I was like, I wonder where he was. Okay, so well, I think that was part of like Keith Lee's line where he was like, I know you've been contemplating what you want to do with your career. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so 
And Chelsea get, Green plan, she's also disappeared. <sighs> yep. So, so yeah, and then it was funny because that, uh, they showed a video clip of Keithley winning the title. And it showed basically like more table setting. Like NXT is because all the hot shotting they do is they always have to keep like every three weeks has to find like a new status quo. But then like they hot shot and then like they have to find a new setting. Like Triple H is really good at doing this, but it's also fucking exhausting because it's like it's not stable. And you never, it's almost like you never actually cycle through to get to where you, you know, to get through all the satisfies inclusion after you set the table about all these options to go through. But anyway, um, they showed like, you know, uh, like Cross and Balor and Gargano and Kushida and Cameron Grimes and Damian Priest after after you won the uh, the NXT title and talked about how like they're all like were watching and talked about how they were caught up in watching and even threw uh, Loomis in there too, but um but yeah anyway we get Cameron Grimes and uh, that was before the the promo to open the show but then we after the promo and in the title uh, match being called we end up getting uh, Damian Priest versus Cameron Grimes, um. It was a good match. It wasn't a great match. It was a fun match. Um, lots of lots of striking. Um, a few twists and turns here. Ultimately, at the end, is you know the same problem with Cameron Grimes is like they betray him as a geek. He never beats anyone ever clean. So uh, he ended up losing this match. I thought it was a fun um, finish where he goes for the for the cave in his double stomp. He uh, Priest moves out the way. By the ropes, so uh, Cameron Grimes something caught in the ropes. Priest then gives him a, a a jumping spin kick to the back of the head, and then he ends up hitting his finish for the for the win. Um, what do you think of the match, Jeremy? Yeah, like you said, I thought it was a fun little match here. Um, kind of continue, or I guess maybe end the feud now since that Priest defeated Grimes and got revenge in this win here. Um, yeah, pretty cool. He did um, a Raiders Edge. To the apron, oh, God, that, was cool. that was nasty looking. Uh, but yeah, fun match here. Like you mentioned with Grimes, he's kind of been one of these guys. that's like fifty fifty. They give him a big win one week, and then he ends up losing the next time he wrestles. And so like he hasn't really been going up. He's just kind of been in the middle, like just kind of stayed where he's at because he'll beat Balor and then he'll lose Damian Priest, or he'll have to cheat to beat Damian Priest, and he's going to end up losing again. And so he's just. 50-50 kind of back and forth, and so he hasn't really been elevated. He's just right. kind of this mid-card geek that kind of like right. sneaks up on these wins, right. and then because he, he's like this cocky, arrogant geek, he brags about it until he finally gets beat. Right. Yeah, so like, what y'all saying is that man's like Junior Roger Strong. Ah, uh, nah, Roger Strong beats, beats people's ass. But like, the, thing <laughs> with, the thing with, uh, the thing with, um, the your boy. Eyes the trunk. <laughs> uh, your boy, well, well, Roger Strong, like I guess now, but like Roger Strong, like three months ago, nah. Um, uh, what was I gonna say about um, Cameron Grimes? Like he talked about how he got the win over Balor. The same thing when he got the win over um, Damian Priest before. It's like that whole thing, that whole storyline is he talked shit about Balor. Balor walked out while he said while he was talking that noise and said, "Say it to my face now." He didn't want no smoke, and then you get a match next week. Then, all of a sudden, Balor, in the middle of beating the piss out of uh, Cameron Grimes, Damian Priest comes out with a nightstick and ends up hitting him in the leg, and then uh, Grimes took advantage of that and got the pin. So then, uh, I think either next week or whatever order it was, 
at the takeover, Balor beat Priest and at the, it got a rematch. Um, Damian Priest got, uh, sorry, uh, Balor got a rematch with uh, Grimes and he beat the piss out of Grimes. So then uh, your boy uh, Grimes is talking noise about the beating that uh, Priest got from Balor. And then you had this whole back and forth where like they have a match. Priest beats him up. They have a second match. Priest has a bad back. Uh, Grimes gets a win. And then on the rematch, it was fair. Grimes gets his ass whooped. It's like, alright. This is like, he's just a bottom or mid, mid card guy. Like, he can, he can't beat, he never beats anybody that's good clean ever. Um, or important. So anyway, uh, after that, we get Thatch as Thatch Can Wrestling Part 3, I believe. Um, he talks about the win he had against uh, Lorkin, about the Fujiwara armbar. He he, uh, he talks about it, it's something to make someone... Ta- it's one thing to make someone tap out. It's another one to make them cry and feel helpless. And he puts somebody in a, ho- in a, in a Fujiwara armbar again, and he talks about he makes him cry and the dude starts cussing and they bleeped it i thought it was funny uh and then he says all right that's the end of the class uh you know put ice on that or whatever else and uh then he moves on i'm i'm thinking i feel like i thought there's gonna be i feel like they've already fit, done all they can do with this I, I need to figure out how to do, get more out of this character because it's like you're kind of retreading what you've already done already yeah, I thought I, I, I like these segments, and I think it's kind of a great job to kind of build them up and give them kind of backstory. But like you mentioned, right. at some point, like you just can't keep doing having him beat up young boys, you know, every week. <laughs> and also, it's like the same move. Um, like like these are definitely getting over the Fujiwara armbar and the uh, the single leg crab, crab. Yeah. right? And um, and, and stuff. But it's like, all right, hey. like you're you're a catch guy. You have way more. You have more than one move, like, you should show them the sugar hold, so... <laughs> hey, that, that man got more moves than Rey Mysterio. Oh, you know, <laughs> Rey Mysterio, one move, the head scissor. Oh, head scissors. <sighs> so, uh, then we get uh, Shotzi Blackheart versus Indy Hartwell. It went short. L- long story short, it wasn't good. Um, out comes Robert Stone. He, he's in a walking That's never good. Commentary, commentary is awful because uh, Tom Phillips is working heel. Beth is playing babyface, but Beth is like Beth is saying it was okay for Shotzi to run over uh, Robert Stone's foot with her mini tank, and Tom Phillips is rightfully incredulous, like, "What the hell are you talking about? He's a victim." Uh, so. It just didn't work, and then out comes Robert Stone in a walking boot, and then um, it's distraction for Aaliyah to interfere in the match, and then and and push Shotzi off of the top rope. She falls, and he gets up, hits her with the big boot like she's Charlotte Flair for the win. Boy, yeah, yeah, not good. Yeah, uh, we get a promo from Tegan. Um, it's just basic generic NXT. <laughs> I'm in a title match. I'm going to win. I'm a baby face root for me. Uh, Oh, well, baby face don't win. We already knew. (laughs) So then we end up getting, uh, you know, getting this vignette or not vignette, this uh, segment with, uh, 
I guess at uh, El Hilda and Fantasma's house. Sorry, Santos Escobar's house. Um, <laughs> and is Legato or the El Fantasma, and they're together. They're drinking. They're having fun. Your boy is rich. <laughs> A nice house, nice, nice dwelling, nice decor, paid. That man's uh, name is Escobar. Right, <laughs> right. It was fantastic. So they're all in nice suits and they're sitting around a table and they're drinking. And um, Phantasma uh, talks about how, um, you know, more stuff about like building his legacy. Um, and then he puts over. He he, he puts over. Um, Mendoza calls him just a, a, a great technical wrestler, a specialist, and then he talks about how wild when he's in the air, it's it's death um, uh, for for the opponents. Um, and he also talked about how like he's quickly dispatched and he's done with uh, Drake Maverick. And he said he had this great line where he says like all all this did do was, was cry on YouTube to get, to get his job back. <laughs> he murdered this man and he's murdering him on the mic. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's like Samoa Joe like yeah bro like El Hill Dan Fantasma slash uh, Santos Escobar is definitely on my list of like top promo guys like you know I got that list of like where was this where was this like list of of good pro, consistent good promos like last year compared to this year like this year we're getting hella promos obviously you know because of the what we're dealing with now but like the pandemic has brought the promos out um so then we end up <sighs> <laughs> that was an accident. Oh, I thought you were like, was you do a read? Okay. So then we get Dijak versus Lee. Um, they basically had a, yeah, we're not going to do any flippy things. We're just going to come out here and have a regular, uh, like 1990, early 90s good Hulk Hogan match almost. Um, well, there was less, there was less Hulk, Hulk, hulking up. It was more of just like, we're going to go back and forth and just do like regular big man wrestling. Um, it was fun. Uh, it took a while to get going, but once it got going, it was fun. But it was like it was a weakest match on NXT. Uh, what do you, What do you think of Jeremy? Yeah, I agree with you. It was definitely the weakest match that they've had in NXT and probably their overall series of matches in their career. But obviously, this match was unadvertised. I get why they were, yeah. you know, trying to go out here and have a five star match. It was something to do to, in the meantime, till they build up Keith Lee, the next real challenger. So. So you, mean to tell me, so you mean to tell me they didn't randomly flip both belts to die jack in an unimpressive match? <laughs> no, they did not do that. Hey, yeah. bro, bro, hey, you know, you, you know, Vince, Vince is all in the all, all in the kitchen. So who knows? Um, so after the match, uh, Scarlet comes out. Uh, the lights go black. Scarlet comes out. She walks down. She's holding a a, a bag, and I'm, and I'm like, I already know what's in this bag. So sure enough, she walks up. Um, while Dijak and um, Keith Lee are in the ring and she dumps out the bag and the contents of it are what do you think's the contents of it, Rich? Uh it's gotta be that fucking uh that fucking hourglass that she has. You are correct, sir. It is the broken parts of the hourglass with some of the sand. Um and I guess we go to commercial break and we come back and they're interviewing Dijak backstage <laughs> And asked about his thoughts on this potential, or you know, the I guess the Keith or uh, whatever um, cross marking uh, Keith Lee is next or whatever the fuck that was. Uh, and Dijak was like, 
Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I've wrestled Keith Lee. I know Keith Lee. That is not Keith Lee. He's on another level now. So, like, Cross Cross is in for, you know, he's going to get his ass whooped. All of a sudden, Cross walks up. Keep in mind, Cross, in every situation he's been in the NXT, he's been t- much taller than everyone he's ever faced. He walked up on Dijak, and he had to look up, and I was like, oh, you're killing his gimmick, you idiots. So, <laughs> like, he walks Ooh. up with the crate. I guess one thing to walk up with the crazy eyes, another one to walk up and look straight up with the crazy eyes, like, bro, he finna. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't. Like, your crazy is not matching up with these physics. Right, right. Um, so, so they, all of a sudden, Cross says something to him in some language. I don't know if it was Latin or if it was Croatian. I don't know, but Dijak knew it because, of course, right? (laughs) He knew what the language was, you know. Uh, it, it reminded me of uh, <laughs> it reminded me of uh, the young that young drove from 2006. Uh, best thing smoking. He's like, drove you meet, drove you from ATL, nigga. How you talk Russian? It's like, <laughs> how, how do you, how do you know this language? Anyway, so um, they brawl basically from the the interview area to like the door behind the like the door just to like the guts of the arena or whatever full cell or PC whatever. Um. And basically, there is a crash pad. We don't see it, but we know there's crash pads. They're not finna just have, you know, carrying cross hit a suplex on concrete onto, uh, uh, give, give one to Dijak. So they did this spot where he ends up getting suplex. They make, you get the, uh, sound effect of him concrete. He's basically out cold. Uh, you know, he cross always wears a suit and a tie. So he goes to rip off the tie. The tie he can't get the tie off. This tough man just lift the two hundred and seventy pound motherfucker, but he can't rip a tie off. He Man. leaves the tie alone and he walks away. And then all of a sudden, you see, you know, by that t- time with all the you know delay with the camera and stuff, like the crash pad has been moved and Dijak has basically been kind of left for dead. Um, get another. Or so then we go to a match with Thatcher in in. Oh, actually, let me, let me ask you this, Jerry. What do you think of uh, this? This little build to next week between uh, Dijak and Cross. Uh, you know, I thought it was fine. Um, I know some people were complaining that Dijak was, you know, selling too much for the the, the suplex on the concrete. I mean, he, he did suplex him on concrete, so I was fine for that. Should be interesting build. Clearly, they're just going to feed Dijak to Cross. Right. Build. I'm I'm guessing Takeover um, in August is going to be. Keith Lee versus Cross for both titles or one title, however they're going to do it. Um, so yeah, we'll see where that goes. What about the other hot match I heard that got announced for next week? We're, we're getting to that in a second. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so we end up getting Thatcher versus Denzel Dejanet. Dejanet is no longer doing the uh, the '90s hip hop guy thing. He is now in the trunks. He is now a shooter. Uh, Ah, so so the standard um, NXT uh, cycle of life for for the trainee person. Like they had, like I remember, like Angelo Dawkins. He was right. coming to the ring with the headphones. Then he was doing like shooter gimmick, and then right. like he was a street prophet. So like, right. ah, nice nice to see Denzel Dijonet jump yes. to his his second uh, second stage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they start in like they. 
it looked like they were in a fucking real wrestling match, like amateur wrestling match for a second. I was like, yo, what is, he, like, he took his back so quick. I'm like, yo, what's going on here? Is he shooting? So, <laughs> so they was doing a, like, they had uh, Denzel Dejanet participate in a tough white man match. Um, more or less. And he held his own, and it was damn good. It was fun. It was only like a two minute match. Like, basically, like, given what we've seen with the, the promo, the, the Thatch Thatch Can stuff, the Riddle matches, the the Lurkin match, it's like, that dude's a dangerous dude. If he kisses his hand on you in a, in a submission hole, you're fucked. So, it's like, alright, Dijanel's was like, alright, I'm not gonna let this dude ever get his hands on me, or his feet on me. I'm always gonna be on this man's back. So, like, he kept getting that man's back and kept, like, lifting him up and tossing him to the ground, like, you know, like, like the amateur wrestling stuff. And then eventually... He slipped up, and then uh, Thatcher got a got a um, a single leg uh, boss of crab, and he you know he put the you know he, he's been talking about how he uses that you know the blade of his forearm to you know make it super painful. So like he basically showed you an alternate submission here, and he he hit it on, put it on him, got a quick submission, and then like he went back and t- put it on him again um, until Lorkin came out and cleared him out of the ring and whooped it, whooped some ass uh, with the KT tape on his on his bad shoulder from. Uh, Thatcher doing them in a couple weeks ago, so they're going to get a rematch. I, so it's going to be tough, white man match number two. I cannot wait. <laughs> what do you think of the angle, Jeremy? Yeah, I thought it was a good angle. I like Orny Lurkin. This has been a good little feud with him and uh, Timothy Thatcher. Uh, I like Denzel Dejanet a lot too. Yeah, he's actually been doing a shooter gimmick for a, a little while now on the Largo Loop, and he was also in Evolve while when that was still running. Um, and working those shows as well with the shooter gimmick. So, uh, I, I like it for him. He, he, he does have a, you know, an amateur wrestling background and obviously you can tell in this match. And so he's a guy I, I like to see them actually try and do something with. Like he was very competent for these two minutes and on a logo loop and evolve, he was doing some good stuff. So another, you know, young black wrestler that you can invest in. Um, so here, Rich is where we get it. We go, uh, we are somewhere in full sail. Robert Stone is bringing. Always oh, comes back to Robert Stone. <laughs> Robert, Sto- Robert Stone. Is- Fuck Robert Stone. <laughs> Robert Stone is uh, backstage or at full sail somewhere, and he brought a camera crew with him to document this as thinking the camera will protect him, as if like the camera didn't wasn't there when he got his fucking leg rolled on last week. Whatever. Yes. So, he walks up with Aaliyah, walks up on Killian, oh, actually, he, it's just him at first, right? And he walks up on Killian Dane, and he's like, look, that was a mistake, I was put, I was, you know, I was in a bad situation, bad, put in a bad position by, uh, Shotzi, and the, and the cup of coffee went flying, that was not actually intended for you, I'm sorry, please don't hurt me, and then all of a sudden, Aaliyah walks up and says, <sighs> along, some along the lines of, Robert, Robert, look at the picture that Loomis drew. Shows a picture, the caricature pictures, uh, and in it, it shows, like, Keith Lee becoming a champion from last week, something, uh, LSAP from last week, can't remember, and then it showed, like, Robert Stone's foot, Chauncey in the tank, or Chauncey in the tank, and then a wet, uh, Killian Dane. Killian Dane sees it and says, 
and it grabs him by the by the coattail or the by the lapels and says, "Listen here, look geek. You want me to not whoop your ass? Get me a match with uh that there Dexter Loomis." And he went off running and got the match. So then, right before they go out to the main event, they announce it along with Dijak versus Cross. You are going to get on oh, your Wednesday wrestling war, <laughs> Killing and Dane versus Dexter Loomis. Um, that's going to suck. Channel. Yeah. I, yeah, no, that, no bro. What do you say? That'll draw. <laughs> oh, just awful. Just change the just, channel. Just ugh, ugh. You know it will not work with Killian Dane. I'm sorry. It will not yeah. work with Dexter Loomis in that gimmick either. But yeah, you know this man Killian Dane is hairy. I I, I think yeah. he needs some help. Rich. Yeah. I I think I think you know when you, when you look at Killian Dane with all that body hair and. It just reminds me of one thing. It's like, man, this would change his life. Manscaped for only, for like twenty percent off if you use the code Suplex at Manscaped dot com. We can help. We somebody can help Killian Dane out. Even if you don't buy it for yourself, you can buy it and get it sent to Killian Dane. Mail it straight to the PC. That that man. Send them two of them. He needs two or three point oh's to get all the chest, the back, and wherever else he he got hair at. If I'm not mistaken, isn't he with Nikki Cross? They're married. Yes, they're married. Okay, so like Nikki Cross can have one of the manscapes in her hands doing the front or whatever he or or the back. He can take care of like the chest hair or or whatever. You know, he he needs to take care of like we we need to make sure Miss Killian Dane. Uh, is living a, a nice, clean, manscaped life, you know. Um, I'm, I'm just looking at it, thinking about some of the things that um, can actually help uh, Killian Dan. It's like uh, he can definitely use the, uh, the the premium battery because with all that hair, he's going to need the battery life. It takes a long time to get all that clean. Correct. Um, you know, he's going to need that LED light because, you know, he's, you know, he's usually, he seems like a dark individual. You know, <laughs> he, he needs some light in his life. You know, um, you know, he, he can definitely use the 7,000 RPM motor with the quiet stroke technology because, like, yo... I don't think he's really getting the job done with, with six thousand RPMs. Um, he's, <laughs> you know, you know, get rid of the junk, Killian Dane. Like, and remember, like, if you want to help Killian Dane out, you know, just use the code Suplex at Manscape dot com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at Manscape dot com, and use the code word Suplex. Remember, when you see Killian Dane. And then think of yourself. As Jerry Springer said, take care of yourself and each other. <laughs> so the main event from, from NXT on Wednesday was NXT Women's Title Match between Champion Io Shirai versus Challenger Tegan Knox. Uh... They start the match. Uh, they do the pre-ring, uh, the, the pre-match introductions and announcements and all that kind of stuff. And Tegan extends a hand uh, to shake hands. Io don't shake hands. She not she slapped her hand away, and then they immediately got the wrestling. They quickly got uh, the ring announcer out the ring and quickly got the belt out the way so they could go get to it. Um, match went you know a lot longer than I thought it would have gone um, I figured it'd been like a 15 18 minute thing it was like a 26 minute or 26 minute thing or 20 minute thing or whatever else uh 
you know, my, depending on what copy you have, um, copy. So, um, uh, like I don't have the network, but, uh, yeah. So early on, I thought the match was kind of there. I thought that Tegan wasn't particularly good at all. Um, or not, I would say that bad. I would say like, she wasn't as good as she normally is on NXT. Um, and then eventually at a certain point, I can't remember when, but like if it, it flipped and like the match got really good in a hurry. Um, and you know, ultimately at the end, um, you get to actually, I know what when it changed. Um, when they end up getting to the outside, EO gets Tegan against the still steps. She goes charging for a double knees. Tegan moves. EO, uh, hits, Knees hit the uh, still step, uh, and then from there, EO is selling her knee, uh, but like not super hard. Like she can still run everything, and but like it's like she's clearly hampered. Um, and then you know from there, um, the near falls start happening, and then EO ends up winning at the end with a moonsault. But I thought it was a very good match. Uh, it's a match that you know I can see someone giving someone between like three and a half to three and three quarters. Yeah, it was a very good match. I think I was about that in that range for the rating. Um, but I gotta say though, like with Tegan Knox, I, I I don't know if it's just me, but I find her a little bit corny. Yeah, because they haven't given her anything except for I'm I'm recovering from what happened to my knees twice. That's her. That's her whole personality is I've rehabbed. Yeah, and then like with the wrestling, like she's good, but you know we heard all this buzz. You know how Triple H, you know wanted. Make her win the May Young Classic right. and beat EO, and I'm like, she's fine, but like, I don't see what Triple H is seeing where like she's this blow away worker and she should be winning everything. I'm just like, she's all right. Like, this was the right call. Like, EO should have beat her. <laughs> I think. Well, Brian Never is sort of long story about how this shit gonna end up. Like, Tegan finally wins that fucker from Dakota. Yeah, I don't think that I I don't think that's gonna happen because it's like they could have just put the belt right back on Rhea if they were gonna go through all that. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I uh, boy, if Dakota Kai beats Io for the belt, Caleb Baldwin, I want you to stunt on James like never before. Yeah, I'm not concerned. <laughs> I'm just not concerned. Like, I, I, I really don't think that she's not going to make it to a takeover without defending it. I just don't. Um, anyway, yeah, I think um, I, I've never seen Tegan before she blew her knee out either time. So I don't know what she used to be. Um, I'm sure. I mean, I can pull some stuff up off of Stardom uh, World and, and figure it out, but I just haven't done it yet. Um, but like, I think she's a good wrestler. I just don't think that she's on the level of Io Shirai because she's not. Um, no like, shame. There's yeah. the, like Io Shirai is like of the shit, right? So, right. um, it's just it's weird. And also, like another part of it while I'm watching the match is like she keeps doing the ch- the choke slam. So I'm like, okay, is Io gonna do her spot on the choke slam? Uh, like. You know, Kagesu does choke slam from time to time, or used to because she's retired. But like, EO EO turns a choke slam into a hurricane rana. So I'm sitting there waiting for it, and like, do it. Okay, not this time. Oh, okay, she got out of it. Okay. Oh, she's doing it for her again. Hit it with the hurricane. No. Okay. All right. So I was, I was sitting there waiting on that spot. Like, I just, there's one spot that I want to see, and I never got it throughout the whole match. But you know, whatever. Um, she, she did uh, kill her with a shote at the end. Though. Yes, she did. Yes, yes. That was the end of the match. Like uh, she, the last near fall. Uh, 
she's going for the shiny. She said it for the uh, for the for the uh, shining wizard or whatever else. And all of a sudden, El said, "No, hold this fucking mm. <laughs> arm strike to the face." And she saw and Tiga sold it very well, and then it lead to, led to the finish. But I was like. Um, but yeah, it was a good match. I feel like, you know, if this is a takeover stage or whatever else, uh, they have a better match or in a different setting. Uh, I, I didn't think this was like the best match you could have. Uh, I thought it was just a go out there, show them what you can do. Um, but don't like empty the tank. I, I feel like they're going to have a rematch down the line at some point. Um, so, so yeah, uh, those are, the, that's NXT. Um, but don't forget Dakota Kai came out. Oh yeah, that's right. Attacked that's right. Her. Set up the next program. She hit her with a big boot, and she, he might. Uh, a few weeks ago, she called her out, which is so. Um, good luck. Good luck to, <laughs> to Dakota Kai. Sorry, when Dakota Kai goes over EO, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a day. You know, when, yeah. when, You know, it's gonna be like that's gonna be like how that's the first twenty minutes of this show when I buried evil. <laughs> Except for the NXT Women's Division. Like, okay, so you can tell we've gone from. We've gone from Paige to Charlotte Flair to Sasha Banks to Bailey to Asuka to Ember Moon to Shayna Baszler to Kyrie Sane to Rhea Ripley <laughs> to Charlotte Flair again to Io Shirai and the person that we're going to make the champion is Dakota Kai because she has a six-footer for a heater. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> and she still finds ways to lose. It was a six-foot leader. <laughs> I would be, I would be fucking enraged. I'm not gonna how mad I would be if they did some dumb shit like that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, because like it felt like this Tegan Knox thing, like Eo ain't the one that she's been meant to beat, and like she always been linked with Dakota Kai. But it's been done to death already. They've had like seven matches. They don't care. <laughs> How many matches have Dijang and Lee had? <laughs> right, but they haven't had a match since what? February? Mm. Gotta um, have some restraint. You can't just like, yeah, we're gonna have a, have a few and then we're gonna rust each other like every three weeks. Well, I don't, think, I don't think they go immediately to it, but, you know, as far as the long term, that would be the thing if they go that direction. <laughs> I I have a hard time. I mean, then again, they they pull the takes her ass to the main roster. But here's my thing, right? Like contract. If, if you, I have a hard time imagining them pulling up uh, EO without also having to pull up Rhea. And it's like, okay, so you mean to tell me that you're gonna in a span of what so from January to what the summer you pulled out Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and Rhea Ripley is like so, and you haven't done shit with uh with Shayna Baszler or Bianca Belair, so it's like contrast. So, so we just pulling people, huh? Okay, makes sense. No, I'm saying like if it, I, I can't imagine that you make Dakota Kai the champion in a world where like Rhea Ripley's still there. Like you got to pull up both of them. You can't pull out one of them. You got to pull up both of them at the same time. Meaning EO and Rhea. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's why the heater's there. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, uh, Raquel and uh, and Rhea are fr- really f- like best friends, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't wait to have a match. That's no. only y'all two that feel that way. We don't, yeah. we don't want to see that shit. But I want to see Rhea Ripley in great matches with people. I want to see that shit. <laughs> anyway, um, 
Look, oh, you already know how they do it. They, they give me a Yim a, a shot at Dakota. They give Shotzi a shot at Dakota for a couple months until Tegan finally comes back around and wins that bitch offer. You mentioned me and him? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Candace probably nah. Candace Hill. Candace Hill. Candace gives him ready for to to fight Dakota. <laughs> She's the <laughs> gatekeeper. <laughs> Baby face gatekeeper. <laughs> he will gatekeeper. <laughs> yes. This you will always be a challenger. You will never be a champion. Uh okay. Um only thing left is stardom. Oh yeah. So, so I guess I gotta. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm gonna give the guests the honor of of um of, of the catchphrase. You know, I, I know, uh, you know, Josh has liked the crib this, but I'm gonna let Jeremy. You know, since uh, you know, Jeremy's on the show with us, I'm gonna let Jeremy hit the catchphrase. James, hit the music. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, <laughs> last week we did the two main events from last weekend's shows. Undercards are now up. Undercard was fire. Um, I can't remember the last time in one week on a non uh week where you had this many good matches um, in stardom. Like uh, I gave a I gave a list to Jeremy um, a couple days ago, and uh, I, I'm looking around. I go. I was looking to see if went to grab the grapple app and looked around and wondered like, you know, what are people giving these matches that I gave matches? Maybe I'm tripping. I don't know. I'm looking, I'm like, all these matches are consistent. Like all these matches are, you know, four stars, three and three quarters, three and a half. And then I look and I look at Jeremy's and like Jeremy's ratings are like almost identical to mine. I was like, huh? How about that? Like I gave him, I, I didn't tell him these matches were, I didn't tell my ratings. I just like, I wonder what he thinks. I think Jeremy's probably the fairest grader of a, a, a raider of star stars that I, that I know. So on a personal level. So, um, that was cool. So yeah, anyway, um, on the cards of these matches, you have a triple threat match with Mayu and Momo and Konami. That's fucking great. They like Mayu is more or less kicking both of their asses and both of them are basically motioning that they want title shots in the future. And then they proceed to beat this, like they take turns being the piss out of Mayu to Mayu just like fucking done and through. Um, goes to a 15 minute time limit, but it was a great 15 minutes of action. Uh, the end is just like incredible stuff. Um, you end up seeing a spot where Konami, um, after working over Mayu ends up, uh, getting, or actually choke or sleeper hole suplex her Mayu on her neck and it goes for the triangle lance, her neck crank. Um, <laughs> and she's trying to get a submission, but then Momo comes out of nowhere and hits her with the, the, the running meteor, the double knees. Um, there's a spot with the, where Konami hits a double, uh, suplex and suplexes both of them, Germans. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, just, there was a spot where Mo- Mayu has Momo up for a tombstone. Konami comes in the ring and just head kicks the back of Mayu's head and, like, it knocks out Mayu, but Mayu then just drops Momo right in her head. I 
just a great match. Um, I probably took up all the air out of the Jim, What do you think of the match? Yeah, it was a, a really great match, and I just love like you know normally the triple threat formulas we see is like one person goes out, two people wrestle, and there wasn't a whole a lot of that. Like pretty much all three of them were like all go the whole time, and I love like especially the beginning. There's a lot of really cool like three way like pins and reversals into pins, and like Mayu at one point was, like pinning both of them at the same time, like in a, a double schoolgirl. So That's was, right. Yeah, That's so right. It's pretty cool, like you know, innovation that way, and yeah, it was a really fun match. Um, you know, and with the draw, you protect Momo and Konami; they didn't get pinned or submitted, and then you leave the door open for Mayu um, as Jungle Kiona came out and challenged her. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, Mayu said, "Like you two have gotten so much stronger since last time I wrestled you. Um, you both, you know, you're two people I want to fight for this belt. This belt needs to be defended because you know." Quiet as kept. Mai's only had two title defenses. She won the belt in like the beginning of November. Um, yeah, damn you, COVID. So um, she says, but there's somebody that I need to uh, put this title line against first. Um, outcome. She asks for Jungle to come out. Jungle comes out. She says that you know. Um, I understand if people have sympathy for me. Um, you know, given the stuff with Hannah, but like, I will not be, I will be fighting for myself and like, I, I, you'll be seeing the best of jungle. Um, you'll be seeing the best jungle Keone you've ever seen. And she said, I believe that I can give a match, um, on par with, uh, Mayu Watani. And she said, like, you know, uh, you're someone lines, but you're going to see the best of like the vineyard of 2015 stardom, which the year she debuted against, um, Mayu. And I thought, and, I'm fucking over the moon excited for this match. It's one of my top uh, most anticipated matches of the year. When this shit got canceled uh, over the COVID shit in um, February, I was hurt because I was like, I wanted to see these two fucking have the match. I, I just in my head thought they could always have. So like, um, so I, I can't wait for Friday when this match goes on. Um, I'm watching that shit immediately. Um, <laughs> you won't be able to. You won't be able to get. Either one of y'all will be able to get a hold of me. But yeah, this, this match will be on uh, Friday, uh, Friday morning. So like, I, you know, that'll be the first thing I do is like check to see if that shit's up because it's gonna be like I think, um, and I think it's an afternoon show. I'm not sure. Friday afternoon, I don't know. Probably not. But I have to look to find out. Murray Bones, stay away. Oh God. <laughs> I, think I, I, think I, I don't know if I said it or if I thought it, or if I just typed down and never put, send it out but like uh, the Kurokan Hall from Friday I was like I think I said in my mind uh, at least I was like Murray I will I will get I will get to the Atlantic and swim over there if you if you if you spoil this shit for me um, yeah so uh, other matches on that card um, you have a great Jungle Kiona in um not great, but a very good young girl uh, Jungle Kiona match versus uh, little little Saya. Um, she got more offense than I thought at the end. Got some near falls, so like the match was really end up being one of one of uh, a very good match. Ended up being like three and a half. Um, I'm kind of all over the place because we can undercard, but like uh, I'm trying to think what else was on this undercard. Oh, anyway. One of the other uh, matches uh, from before then, uh, the day before, was a uh, let, let's just skip that part. Momo and Azumi had a very good tag match with uh, was it my is my you and Riho? That was very good. That's like three and a half as well. Um, but moving forward, they you know they get to Cork and Hall. 
Um, have any of y'all seen the Corbin Hall uh, the last two matches? No, not yet. Okay. Uh, do you want me to spoil them, or is that cool? You can spoil it for me. I don't, I don't okay. for it. So, um, first match is uh, a semifinal is semi-main event in the semifinal uh, for the white belt is Julia versus Konami. Goes 20 minutes. Match starts out. First five minutes is uh, them wrestling or ground wrestling and Julia trying to get in and out of every single hole that Konami puts her in predicament that Konami puts her in. They eventually get up. Um, they start brawling. Um, that more favors Julia, obviously. Um, and then they ended up uh, from that point, like the next uh, 10 minutes, more or less, they pretty much start trading near falls between submissions, escapes, big moves. Uh, it was a really fun match. Um, I'm probably somewhere in three or three quarter range on it. Um, I, at the end, Julia ends up going, hitting a um, her tombstone. Konami kicks. She picks her up right back up and hits her another one, drops her right in her fucking head and pins her for three. Uh, so that was, that was a really good match. Um, next match is uh, Nasco versus Tam. Now, this is a match that was, um, that's a, a, the semifinal for the Cinderella tournament from earlier in the year where it's over the top rope elimination plus pin or submission. Um, they're in the match because that whole half of the bracket or half one quarter of the bracket is blown up between two, uh, draws. So that becomes a de facto semifinal. Nasico is getting out rustled by Tam. Saki comes up. Saki got eliminated in the first round by Tam. Chiefs in the match. Ref lets it slide. They both end up, uh, Tam is up over the top rope. Nasco comes through the second rope. Tam throws out Nasco. She thinks she's won the match. Nasco gets up, comes back in the ring and throws her ass out for one of the worst baby face losses of the year. <laughs> I was fucking fierce when this happened. Uh, so they end up having this match. Tam comes out last. Nasco lets you know how Nasco is fully on this evil shit, bro. Like just like evil, she comes out. She w- comes out with chairs and with Saki and with uh, um, Nat- Natsu. Tam comes into the ring. She gets on the top on the, on the second rope to you know do her poses or whatever else. Chair to the back from Nasco, and they're off to the races with all this heavy fucking heat. Fighting from underneath forever. Um, not forever meaning in a bad way, but like fighting from underneath. Uh, Tam keeps trying to fight from underneath. It turns to a brawl between the star stars that are cornering um, Tam and Natsuko in, in, I'm sorry, Natsuko's corner of Natsu and, and Saki, and Natsu and Saki are being the piss out of Mayu and Starlight Kid left and right. Um, so anyway, she, they end up, okay, so because there is uh, the less seating because of the COVID, um, they have now put up the New Japan metal gate around the ring. So, early in the match, Nasco just Irish whips Tam into the steel gate like two or three times. Looks fucking devastating. Um, works over a back, over a back. Tam fires up, mouse come back. She goes eventually after a while to chart train near falls. Then Tam finally hits her uh, her German suplex, or Tiger Suplex Bridge pin back gives out because of the bad back storytelling. Um, 
it looks like she's about to lose. Um, ever since uh, the the tag league, you know, with the Arissa and Tam thing, they've been wearing uh, they were wearing these uh, yellow wristbands, the Dreamshine wristbands. Tam's back is in such just she can't do nothing. She gets she looks at the wristband and she fires up like Hulk Hogan, more or less. <laughs> she uh, she is up uh, basically. At the end of it, she ends up getting to win. I don't know if she... I think she may have uh, hit her with a move. I can't remember or if she rolled her up. I can't remember one way or the other. But Nasco gets up. She's furious. She lost. She throws a hissy fish. She beats up Tam. Uh, Tam celebrates. She's going to the final. Julia comes out. Uh, you know, they hate each other's guts. And that match is going to be at um, the Corican Hall on Sunday. This coming Sunday. So, um, between that, like... In these two matches, these two shows before the Corkin Hall, like they're set up to have like a base, like a two week stretch of just like incredible wrestling um, matches throughout. So, or not incredible, like good ass wrestling matches throughout the um, this like two week stretch. So, um, I'm excited for the triple threat match uh, for the high speed belt between Riho and um, Starlight Kid and Azumi that Rich thinks is going to end up with a. Uh, what, what was the what was the expression he said Rio's gonna do to them? Rio's gonna gonna win the match, uh, stepping on them like the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Um, At WrestleMania Seven. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's that on the call. arms in the air. Oh my God. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think what else on that card. Uh, yeah, and we have Micah versus Momo. That's those are three matches on that Kurokin card that are now so far. But on the uh, on the uh, Nagoya show, that's going to have the Mayu and Jungle Red Belt match. You also have like Donald Mondo top four versus or four versus uh, the top four of Queen's Quest. So um, that's going to be a banger. Um, and then you also get. On the Osaka show, you get uh, Tam and, and Mayu versus Konami and Jungle in a tag match, so that's going to be great. You get Izumi versus uh, Def Yamasan, so it'll be a lot of a lot of good wrestling uh, from there, and, you know, it keeps me from way far away from WWE main roster, so check it out, y'all. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know if there's anything else. Uh, Jeremy, uh, let everybody know where uh, we can find you and uh, drop your uh, plugs. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy L. Donovan, uh, co-host Keeping a Strong Style right here on this network. You can follow us at Chaos Strong Style on Twitter. We'll be dropping a new episode uh, this coming Tuesday. We'll be reviewing uh, Lions Break Collision, episode three, that uh, featured the debut of Philly Tom Lawler. And we'll be talking about New Japan Road which will be happening early Monday morning, our time. And yeah, reviewing that, taking all your questions, covering all this news. And yeah, that's about it. Hell yeah. Um, also, every Tuesday, I want to say Jeremy has uh, a column that breaks down our previews, AW Dynamite on socialsuplace.com. So you can check that out too. That's right. Yeah. Donovan's Dynamite preview. Yeah, check that out. Yeah, so definitely thanks for doing the show. Um, <laughs> I just feel like we all had to get our venom out on how terrible. It was so bad. Yes, it yeah, was. Usually we don't do like the immediate reaction to the shows. Usually we wait a day. I ended up having uh, something to do tomorrow night. Uh, but And maybe you guys will see. 
Uh, I'll keep that uh, close to the vest, uh, and you know whatever happens, I'll, I'll make sure y'all see it. But um, yeah. so yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, this man! I dropped my phone. <laughs> I've done this show with you for look what? How many years now? And I've never dropped my phone. Just drop my phone right in the live mic. All right, uh, Basically. yeah. Uh, so that's it. <laughs> So that's the end of the show. Be sure to read us on whatever app you're using. Listen to this. Tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to check out our friends at powerslam.tv, the sponsor for the show. If you're a fan of independent pro wrestling, you have over 5,000 hours of push from all over the world. You can use the code Social Suplex to get your free month's trial. Check out prowrestlingtees.com slash Social Suplex and pick out some official Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. Um, also, be sure to check out the rest of the shows on the network on Sundays, mostly Sundays, sometimes Mondays, you have 1H Radio. This show, uh, Jeremy, survey says Monday, Mondays or Tuesdays? It's Tuesdays. Okay, on Mondays or Tuesdays, we <laughs> 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 strong style. Uh, on Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Podcast. Um, every other Wednesday, we have Grumman Watches Shit. On Fridays, we have Get in the Ring. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. <laughs> Oh, Killian Dane. <laughs> Later, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>